Tonight, we talk about new bikes, old bikes, moto fitness, moto fat asses, glaring disc rotor issues, and everything else in between. So that's a good reason to listen to this show. Live from Prump, Valley of the Dirt People. This is, I'm talking loud, mm-hmm. Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the show where you get to ask me tonight. My name is Jimmy Lewis. Motorcycle, motorcycle product related questions. We will answer those to the best of our ability. We generally uh, give you what you pay for or more. It's hard, not hard to do. Or more. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, welcome to the show. Happy that everybody's joining in. Matt, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I uh, passed you on the flat track for the first time ever. Granted, I was on the better bike. But oh, wait, you thought there was a better bike on the flat track? I did. So we were doing some bike evaluation. Uh, a lot of my motorcycle evaluation takes place on a flat track when it's play bikes. You do learn a lot with those actually on that flat track. I can actually learn almost everything I need to learn about a, a, a play bike. And so we were riding like 250, 230 play bikes today on the flat track. And... I can because I can get the suspension to bottom just by being an idiot on the brakes Mm -hmm. or just like just bouncing on it. I can, you know, you can you get a good feel for the power, for the throttle control, the stuff. So, yeah, I so you 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 deemed one of those bikes was better than the other. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's especially when it was I had slowed up just uh, I had slowed up and I was really coming from that bottom pulling up to the top of the power band. You know, this show is sponsored by a couple different companies, right? Yes. Okay. So I'd like to thank our sponsors of this show. Yamaha, Taco Moto, Scott Sports, Climb, DDC, Trail Tech, Fast Company, Seat Concepts. With the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline, did you put that up in the chat yet, Matt? Yes. Yes, we did. So if you have a question that you'd like to answer, have answered live, go ahead and uh, use that link. You will basically call in through that link, and then Matt will verify that you um, – Aren't sitting naked on your couch. If you want to bring your, you can sit naked on your couch. Uh, you just don't have, it's just, we're, we're not going to see that video. You Thank won't, you, you won't yeah. pop on. I but, think most of our yeah. viewers would like that. My uh, stream doesn't get replaced with that. Uh, C concepts, hot seats, hotline, bulletproof designs. I have a bulletproof designs product of the week. And of course, double take mirrors. And I still need to get that country song done. If anybody out there, the guys are, some guys are working on doing this country song. I have some words for a country song and uh, I need music to it. And then maybe somebody to sing it. I don't really know, but I need to, cause I got a video that I got to get built and done. And it revolves around having this song. Cause I wrote a song about the video. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So uh, McConnell sent his rooster endo and Victor is out there. He says, are you sponsored by Bud Light? No, no, Victor. Hold on. I'm going to show you what I'm sponsored by right now. Look at uh, that's what's holding up. This is holding up my uh, Insta phone, which is what Victor is watching this show on right now. So if you get cut off, you're on the Instagrams, you get cut off, switch over to our other channels. If you have a question, I might have missed it because I was, uh, you know, working on doing the show. But Jeff Ballard says he runs a TTR 230 forks on a YZ and it works good. Wow. <laughs> that doesn't sound correct. 
I know Jeff Ballard. He used to race against that guy. He's an Australian guy that came over here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he, he actually, he actually took Al Baker's XRs only and turned it into Ballard's XR only down in Australia. So it was a pretty cool thing. So um, I have some pretty cool callers coming in tonight. I want to argue with uh, with actually one of them um, about fitness and why results don't increase with fitness at our age. I don't know. I'm coming from a point of experience because I'm a washed up ex motorcycle racer and I'm still faster than you. So (laughs) anyways, uh, Dave Donnelly, well, it's warm enough to sit on your patio naked. (laughs) I don't want to know what Dave's doing right now. (laughs) Dave buys Husabergs and then tries to sell them to me. Yeah. He bought my Husaberg. He has, he has a kickstart, uh, older Husaberg, like the, the, I, I don't know if his was a Swedish one or Austrian one, but I saw it in the back of his truck. He couldn't get it started. I got it started. And then he said, Hey, you want to buy it? <laughs> nice. <laughs> so anyhow, uh, okay, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, anybody have any opinions or experience with the Sherco 125 SE asks soupy socks enduro. I don't, uh, it's been a while since I've ridden a Sherco. They, we're never seem to be too interested in getting us test, test bikes. They said we're selling all of them. We don't need to get any publicity on them. So that's where I'm at with Sherco's. I have no idea. So I can't help you on that question. I'll, I, did, I did my best though. <laughs> Someone said I should have been riding a, a Beta 350 or a KTM 350 on the flat track. I don't know about this. I don't think that would have made it better. Our, our flat tax is actually pretty small. Yeah, like the bikes we were on were pretty perfect. The, for when it. I so so you, you're you're gonna say that you like the CRF two fifty F yes better than the Yamaha TTR mm-hmm. two thirty. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily the frame. I think that was mostly with the handlebars because the two the the two thirty I did like how low it kind of it felt. That I think it was mostly coming from the handlebars. Uh, but that power delivery on the 250, I was liking that a lot more because I was able to just kind of roll on the whole power band versus trying to keep it. I don't know. Felt a little bore. Just a little. Well, it's carbureted. The, yeah, it's carbureted and it's a 230. Mm-hmm. And the like the it was funny because when we first got the Honda, when we took it out there and rode it around, it was and that's when we got the thanks Gene Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, if you're Gene Woods racing experience, if you're in Vegas, unsolicited ad right here, go to one of his go-kart tracks. I would go to the electric one that's on Fremont Street and go slide those carts around. But anyway, Gene gave me a water buffalo and I can water the track. So the track actually got bigger. It got wider because it, it was the hardest thing to do is water it out here. And that that bike, the CRF250 was geared perfect for that track. Like it taps mm-hmm. the rev limiter right about the time that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're wide open and you start dropping it in the turn and, and it, it hits the rev limiter right when you want to back off. So it actually starts sliding for you when you do this certain line. And uh, so that's what was really nice about that bike. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was pretty surprised at the TTR. It worked, it worked really well. But um, like it, it wasn't as a drastic of a difference as I thought it was going to be. I power wise. That. Power wise. I yeah. thought it was going to be a huge difference. No. And it was the Yamaha's, pretty damn close. Yamaha's always, those, those, those Yamaha play bikes actually always make pretty good power. Uh, and and I, I think the biggest thing that's holding it back for me was like drum brakes, which we need to adjust because somebody mm. adjusted the pedals, oh, the brake pedal and the brake shift pedal, pedal so way, far down, way down. 
And so I don't know if the drum brake is really going to be that big. You know, there you're using the rear brake quite a bit to mm-hmm. do stuff. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like peppy, peppy little bike. Had, it, had, it was. Had fun. And then, no, previous to that, we rode Yamaha WRs. Mm-hmm. I was going to make the Yamaha WR the product of the week, but I thought I want to ride it more. But mm-hmm. I was, uh, I'm actually, actually pretty stoked because I remember when I rolled the old WR and this was back in 2019, it was the older, it was the one version back. They hadn't gone to the newer YZ chassis. Mm-hmm. And and so the, so basically it went from the kickstarting one to the no kickstart. This is the, this is the big change. And there's a lot of changes the YZ kind of took. This is where that YZ really took a leap forward at least in the motocross world, motocross comparisons. Yeah, yeah. Started working really good. And I remember riding the, the WR and it wasn't bad, but I knew that, boy, if they ever, if the, when this WR leaps to that platform, it's going to get a lot better. And unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, <laughs> our bikes were like zero miles brand new. Mm-hmm. And so they weren't broken in. So what we did today was went out and shot photos, like static photos of them. Mm-hmm. And just got them ready so we could ride them. And we basically started breaking in the suspension. Yeah. And right away, it's like, oh, yeah, these things need a couple tanks of gas through them to loosen up the suspension because they were stiff. Mm-hmm. I definitely felt that on the 450. 450 for sure because the springs are stiff. And I'm, I'm, I am I'm actually need to ask them, like, is it WR-specific suspension or is it – did they just bring the FX stuff over, which is something that they'd been talking about doing mm-hmm. is just – having the FX and the WR on really similar suspension. I don't know. I have to ask, but I need to ride a little bit more. I need to ride a little bit more and break it in. Cause even just yeah. the tires, tires, tire pressure. And we had, you know, we had to lower the tire pressure down to get it right. But it, it just yeah. felt like it needed to be, they need to be broken in before I <laughs> do a lot of comments on that stuff. Right. So we actually already have someone on the hot seat hotline. So this is actually Brenda. She decided to come back on and she's going to have a, she has a question about starting procedures for KTM 300. Okay. So uh, Brenda, go ahead. You are live now on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going? Hi, Brenda. How you doing? I'm good. Um, we're, we're my, we're my female, female uh, comments last week out of line. No. Oh, did you see my female? Okay. She mullet. No, it, well, no. <laughs> well, is she, fee, she, it was however you want to call it. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky, when I started calling Ricky's mullet, uh, a fee mullet, he got upset. So notice he's not here this week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. But anyways, Hey, how are you doing? What can, how can we help you today? Okay. Well, last week I told you that a friend of mine gave me a 2019 six days to try Right, And you told me I probably would have to change the oil pump before I even wrote it. Um, no, no, no. It was no, going to, it was, if you, if you, if you hook a tie down to the handlebar, generally it seizes. Oh, that was okay. Okay. That, that's oh. what it was, but the oil pump's next. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so getting back to the oil pump, we got the bike loaded in the truck and it's at eye level and we were just kind of looking it over and you can see the little tube that goes down from the oil pump to the bottom. And there must have right, been a goes, crack it, or something. Where, yeah, I don't know what that thing is that it plugs into. It plugs but, into the reed valve. Okay. Kind, of, kind of right right, right, behind, right near the reed valve. Actually, yeah, I'm, I 
I don't remember off the top of my head right now, but it is basically whatever color your, your two stroke oil is, you should see it in that tube. It mm-hmm. should not have bubbles in it and it should go and you'll see where it goes into the brass fitting and then it goes into the intake tract. Okay. Well, at that point right there, it was leaking. And there was dirt everywhere, oil everywhere. The bike was absolutely like speck free of dirt, except in that one area. And we had stopped by a suspension guy's house to drop our stuff off for him to service while we were riding. And he happened to have one of those little tubes in his garage. So we were able to yank that off and fix that tube before we blew the bike up. Well, <laughs> it'd be interesting to... to if you were, were not running it under a load, okay, so just gonna just gonna go off on a little tangent here. If you're not running under under a load, so you're not super straining the motor, then if it's pumping down in there and it's it's spilling out like the oil is coming out around that that hose, that could be problematic. But I imagine that 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 it depends on how much it was cracked and how much it's leaking. Yes, that needs to be replaced. I've never heard of that happening before. Uh, I would be interesting. So, you know, you said somebody loaned this bike to you or gave it to you. I've, I've remember Mojave Bob, that guy used to come by here all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. I think he got abducted. Abducted by aliens is usually what happens, but he, I buy a lot of his old bikes and I have to un Mojave Bob them. And every single problem that i've had with these bikes it's something he's touched so i would i would the first step would you know replace it good put a new one on there but ask the person if they actually touch it because i've never seen those hoses cracked and especially not on a bike that's so new i mean if it was one of my 22 year old ktm rfs bikes and it was a carburetor vent hose yeah it should be cracked mm-hmm. yeah but not was, on a bike that's it was weird because the bike only had when i got it it had 24 hours on it and it it looked like it was cracked and the guy that i got it from he's not a mechanical guy so he has shops do all of his work like putting on his clutches and his tires and etc so i'll ask him but we just uh didn't feel comfortable running a possible crack in it no that's that's probably a good thing to to check i mean it's it's smart of you to check that that's just kind of you know when i'm washing a bike i'm looking for stuff like this i'm looking for oil like we're, we're, we're a lot of dirt's piling up on something that's oily. And it's amazing how little oil can attract a lot of dirt, you know, like, um, you know, on the, on a valve cover, for instance, just a little bit of leaking can attract and people just panic. I have Husabergs that literally seep oil. <laughs> old, my, my new, my new old one, my new one, the new old one, the new old one, it was seeping so much. I popped it off and really lapped a lot of, uh, uh, you know, what they call it um it's the gray rtv stuff the 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 flexible rtv stuff i put a lot of that on there to seal it up and i got it sealed up but when it was leaking i mean literally drooling out of there while it was running i'm like i'm not worried because it takes a long time to pump out an amount that's going to be catastrophic so hey matt do you know anybody that's not mechanical uh <laughs> no no one comes to mind really really okay yeah no got it i mean okay so we're not to the question though Okay. After riding the bike for 51 miles, I had to have one, so I bought two. Made the deal today. <laughs> I've got two coming up uh, as soon as the money clears my checkings account. Um, so 
we've been reading a lot online about these bikes and there's like so many different opinions on starting procedure. So it's a 23, 300. What is the right answer? Because every expert has the right answer. Uh, Okay. So I've, I've seen a couple of these. It's funny because I see them come across my YouTube feed because I watch a lot of motorcycle stuff. And, and so every once in a while I watch one and most of these guys, uh, I don't want to say most of them. I, some of them are really good at YouTube. Let's put it this way. Some of them understand YouTube and they, they know how to post a video that's going to get put on someone like my feed and other people's feed. And, and I watch the video and I go, that d- didn't teach me anything. That video was kind of basically useless because some of them were just like quoting what the manual says. And yeah, the manual's going to tell you what you should do to a T. But I, I watched some of them that, that the, the most important thing when I looked at the core issue that the person was trying to alleviate was fouling spark plugs. And I haven't fouled a two stoke spark plug in. Mm, well, I got my YZ 125 in 2006. And I haven't fouled a spark plug since then on a two-stroke. And I have a TPI bike, and I've ridden a lot of two-strokes um, from my YZ125 a lot. And and so I haven't fouled a spark plug. And when I when I watched this one guy that was talking about the fouling spark plugs, he actually included some riding video of him riding. And I was listening to him ride. That guy never opened the power valve. Was and and I watched the trails he was riding. He was riding fine. I'm not going to complain about his riding. He just never revved out, never cleaned it out. And if you if you were that guy, and you hopped on your bike and you you started started up early like they like you know he says like he says there's definitely a a warm-up oil pump mapping which pumps a little bit extra inside there and then if you took off and rode like that and it doesn't switch over i don't know this i've never bothered to ask like what time that that uh that oil at what temperature i guess it would be or is it i don't know if it's time or temperature when it switches over to its normal mapping but I, I start mine up, I let it warm up for 20, 30 seconds, and then I take off and I ride it gently for another minute, and then and then I'm fine. I never worry about it. So if, if it's really cold outside, I might actually do a, a gratuitous check of the radiator temperature. You know, I just reach up and touch the radiator, and you're like, okay, it's warm, now I can get on it. And it, they don't run great when you first start them up. I've always known this. I've never, I've never had any issues with it. But if you, if you took off and you rode like burp, 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 like, and you continued riding, burp, 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 you know, tell John to cut that in mm-hmm. me describing how motorcycles sound. Yeah. 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 We'll get on a sound drop. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my drop board? There has just been so many things. Okay. We, we, we have a long list. Anyway. So if you rode like that and then you kept doing that and doing that. There's just oil pooling up in a bottom end. The reason I know this is because I've pulled apart like some old men. It could be old women too. Some of these old men ride like old women. No, that's the line we're clipping. Right. <laughs> talking about talking about Bob. 
Bob used to ride Huskies, and I think he 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 never used first or second. He used fourth gear all the time, and just you know, so it'd go. But anyways, I pulled these things apart, and there's there's a bunch of oil pooled in the bottom end, even if they run it because they never quote clean it out. And if watch an old motocross supercross video the start line back when they were racing two strokes and watch these guys clean the bikes out to just get it because they they don't want any goop whether it's fuel or oil down there they want it to be just pure ready to go rip and and you know from like if this is this is i remember when we were tested the first uh beta that went to oil injection the interesting thing about that beta was you could lug it. You could be on a single track trail, like doing first, second, third gear lugging. And then you'd hop out on a fire road and you'd get on the gas and go. And it would get on the gas and accelerate. It wouldn't go. Bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. So and there's another good sound. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good at these sounds, right? Brendan, am I good at these sounds? Yeah. About as good as my niece. Okay. When, we, when she was, uh-huh. we taught her the difference between a four stroke and a two stroke. So. She could she could do the sounds for you. Have her have her call up. We'll, yeah. we'll I'll I'll, I'll, ra- I'll race her with sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, I think it depends on how you ride. And if you if you clean your bike out every once in a while, and it, that's not a that's doesn't have to be in neutral and just cleaning it out. That means just you know you you have the opportunity every once in a while to like kind of do a hill climb or you do a a, a sharp acceleration or you know something like this. And this is where the oil injected bikes are generally really good. I don't think I ever really have been able to lug my bike around enough to get it to where it wouldn't instantly clean out. So I don't have a special startup procedure. That's the thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start it up with the choke on for X amount of minutes and then turn the choke off and let it idle till a certain temperature. And then I just hop on my bike. Because one guy says you gotta shut it off to reset the thing. And okay, so the interesting thing about the older ones, the older like 2019 version, is that is that unless you shut the bike off, it doesn't take a second. Every it 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 only takes the I have the to, air pressure, the air, the, the, the crank atmospheric ca- pressure. So the crankcase pressure sensor is the only thing recording pressure on the older ones. The newer ones, the version one TPI, it. It only uses the crankcase pressure sensor. So when you start it up, whatever that crankcase pressure sensor, when you start it up, that's what it, it, that's your altitude and all the other stuff. And then when it's running, it's taking all the readings while it's running. But until you shut it down and it takes another sensor pickup. So there's a, there's a lot of little things. So if you start down low and you ride up 3000 feet in elevation or ride down 3000 feet in elevation, if the bike doesn't take another reading, it can be a little problematic. And this is something that was, I, I identified when the first I guess, 2020s came out, I think that they forgot to turn it on in the press bikes. My press bike did something that I'd never, cause I've never ridden 3000 feet of elevation gain, which is about how much it takes. It takes about 2000 to sort of start feeling it and 3000 to really feel it. And unless you shut the bike on and off, I'd never ridden that much elevation gain without starting and stopping the bike. So I never noticed this, but there was guys that had, and they said, Hey, my TPI bike runs like crap. So when I got the new bike, I actually had the opportunity to find a place where I could do this very quickly on a side of a, on a mine at a mine where I could ride up the road. So I did it. And I'm like, Holy crap, there, there's a, there's an issue with this. 
And I got back to KTM and they said, oh, that, that shouldn't be a problem. And then two days later, they're like, uh, we need to flash your ECU. We've got this fixed. Because they put the extra sensor, the extra uh, air, ambient air pressure tense, uh, sensor outside there. So uh, long story short, Brenda, just start your bike, warm it up like you would normally anything else. If you want to start it and stop it, that's not going to hurt anything. Um you know, just don't be like my buddy, George. <laughs> so my buddy, George, we are doing a school here. And right before we leave, George decided he had to take a dump. Yep. And George went and took a dump and then the school left without him. So what did he do? Hopped on his TPI bike, wasn't even warmed up, fired it up and took off hauling ass down the road. I just got the cylinder back. <laughs> four point seizure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Full four point cold seizure. Nothing you're going to do about that. You know, it's not going to, you know, so if you, if you have to take a dump, let your bike warm up. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> but I think you're going to be really happy with your bikes. Yeah. Any so, advice uh, for the brand new bike? Uh, I well, think we're just uh, gonna, like, yeah, I think we're just going to get them and ride them, but you know, we're going to need things like probably proper skid plates and some guards. Yeah. Well, the, um, yeah, uh, bulletproof designs, they yeah. make all the stuff they, they make this They Well, a few months ago, they had us telling you that they have all the stuff for the 2023s cause they were brand new. Well, guess what? They now still have all the stuff for the 2023s and they are available. So they, they have some really good protection for that. Uh, a Cherby's has good protective parts for that. Uh, TM design works has good stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mine is relatively stock. Yeah, with my, some bulletproof design stuff on yeah, it. Yeah, bulletproof design stuff. Especially the, the chain the, guard. The chain guard thing. I would get that if you're going to ride it through the rocks. That's for sure. Hey, Matt, what'd you break on the Yamaha today? Uh, I didn't break it. I think that was you. Oh, it was me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You noticed it, though. So you broke it. <laughs> I noticed it, but we were swapping back and forth. We had a plastic uh, chain guide that came a little disconnected riding through some rock shoots. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, hey Brenda, thanks a lot for joining. I I um I think that you're gonna be happy with those bikes. If you have any like specific stuff, but just I would just take the time to break them in. Uh, take the time to um, you know, 15, 20 hours in, maybe that's the time to have the suspension service before you start complaining about the suspension. I, I suspect from where you're coming from. And you probably already know this. That's why your checkbook is a little different number in it after you did that. That these bikes are leaps and bounds from your 98s and 99s and stuff like that. I figured that it's like here to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a huge leap. And it's funny because some people actually, when they, when they make such a big change in bikes, they don't like the new bike. It, it, it went so far into a different direction that it, it's not as stable. It's not as planted. Um, there's certain things about it that you really like. I mean, the, I mean, the throttle response, right? That's, Everything. The only thing I didn't like was how wide the bars are, but that's fixable. I mean, I was comfortable on that bike in five minutes. I was, wow. I was wanting to hit the nasty trails. Like, get me off the easy stuff. I, I want to go see what this thing can do. Because of because of throttle response and just drivability and all that, yes. Yes, just how easy it was. Yeah, simple. 
Right. <laughs> I, I, re- I remember the, 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 you know, the late nineties KTMs it was like, they were, they were, it was a, it was a journey into jetting, <laughs> especially the, the bigger the displacement, the more you had to spend time jetting. So cool. Well, thank you for calling in and uh, we will hopefully see you out in the trail. Cheers. Thanks. See you. See you Brenda. Okay. Uh, Tyler Baumgartner says, Jimmy, when you got time, what are the must haves? to prep out on a 20 KX 450 for Moran racing. Um, when I have time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I uh, uh, must have, man, when you take a motocross bike and go off road, there's, there's, a, there's a long list of all the stuff. And George just chimed in with his dumpy, mm-hmm. dumpy emoji. There's so much stuff that you need to do to a motocross to make it an off-road bike. So if if you already have the bike, Tyler, you're you're there. Um, 18 inch rear wheel. Uh, I don't know if you need a kickstand if you're racing it for Moran and stuff like that. Suspension's super personal, so motocross suspension actually works pretty decent for someone that's racing kind of desert kind of stuff. I, I tend to like a stiffer setup when I'm trying to go fast too. Right, it has safety built in, but it definitely isn't doesn't have the compliance for traction. So those things you're gonna probably need a bigger gas tank if you want to skip pit stops and things like that. Uh, maybe skid plate. Uh, for sure, protection stuff. I yeah, I don't yeah. just want to go skid plate. I want to go protection stuff. Check out Bulletproof Designs. They make lots of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But from Moran Racing, I don't think you would need to do anything with... Would you need a like a smaller rear sprocket or something? No. You, you, the bikes accelerate just fine. I don't think there's very many places where you're going to get into a top speed situation where that, that works. And you don't... And mm-hmm. the first gear is already tall, so you don't yeah. really want to compromise that. A recluse clutch can help certain things, mm-hmm. uh, depending on... Because that bike does have a pretty abrupt power band. So having a recluse can kind of smooth that out a little bit. So lots of uh, lots of stuff, Tyler. Um, next time you should buy a Yamaha FX. Yeah, my 250 FX in Moran race just fine. Yeah, almost stock. totally stock. Actually, it was totally stock. It is basically than, no. The mapping was stock too. I put the stock mapping back in. It. Right, and like that thing was awesome. I got second in my class. Second in your class out of three people, but that's good. I beat all the other JLR guys. That's right. And some of them are experts. They, they claim expert, at least. Mm-hmm. Hey, we should get Logan to call in. We should get him to Michelle. call in. I don't know. I don't know where he's been lately. Maybe he's, I hope his uh, shoulder's doing better now. Okay. But uh, we do have uh, our next guest on, if you want me to bring him on now. Go ahead. All right, Lyndon. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you to unmute and then welcome on to Tech Talk. Hey, Curly. Well, welcome Sto- back on to Tech Cur- Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Curly Stoker said, hey, I meant to mention you boys yesterday. Last week's advice on the 2013 KTM 450 SX with the snow bike kit not revving out. Your advice on the injector was spot on. Look at Cleaned that. out the injector and it rips. That's what you get for free, my friends. There we go. Yeah. Saved him thousands of dollars because he probably wanted to put a pipe and ECU on it to fix it. Probably. Okay. Lennon, how we doing? All right, man. Pretty cool. It's awesome to have you on the Seat Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. You might know a little bit about that company. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I thank you every single time I ride my Tenere 700. (laughs) That seat, it's like you guys, like there's certain seats that you just nail it with. And actually even the KTM, I run the KTM tall comfort seats uh, when I'm down in Baja. Yeah. And like that's another one, same thing. 
so good. But anyways, everybody else can be jealous and we have those. So I, so you let us stream onto your platform, which is the over 40 years at over 50. No, it's, that was just the old guys. It's just old guys, moto fitness. I didn't put an age to it. You know, just if you consider yourself old or even young, but feel old, you're, you're well, more than welcome, you know? Okay. So how old is old? Well, I'm, I'll be 59 in a couple of months. So yeah, I'm, I'm tapping 54. Am I 54 or 55? I don't know. 54. I think I'm 54 right now. doesn't matter. I'm old. Yeah. I think I, I think I got old when I was, uh, 49. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I've actually, I'm actually judging my oldness by my eyesight. <laughs> yeah. I lost mine that, at about 45. Oh Yeah. So, so the cool thing about your group is, is you get to see what a lot of different guys are doing and they're, they're really focusing on the fitness side of things. And you've been doing something interesting. You've been kind of updating us with your race results, which for a while weren't improving. You were kind of like fourth place guy in your class. Yeah. And then I slipped and had an eighth place or or something. And then, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's really tough though, Jimmy, because when you go to Florida, even though it's. 35 degrees at home you show up down there and it's 85 and humid you know and uh that's no matter how much i train at home and ride at home i'm just not prepared for that you know so yeah so so home for linden is idaho he's racing a series down in florida and so when i when i start thinking about you know train you know like i said training and this this is where i want to i want to poke at you a little bit it was there's on the bike training and then off the bike training. Right. And, and you've been really diligent about like modifying your diet, you know, getting better, losing weight. And I've seen it. Like I, I couldn't believe when I saw you this summer versus when I saw you probably the six or eight months before it was like, it was like Linden light. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tune, tune, tune up the diet on a, on a program with the trainer, you know, taking this stuff super serious. Yep. And then, and then, and then you, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm finishing fourth, fourth, fourth. And then, and then all of a sudden I saw a second place, right? Yeah. But I didn't see the eighth. Did you leave that one out? Uh, I think it was before that was earlier in the season. So um, that was one of the first ones where it's really shocking to go down there, <laughs> you know? So, um, <laughs> and and for those people that don't know, Florida is uh, sand hoops, yeah, and lots lots of them. And then if there if there's not hoops, imagine planting um, like pineapples in the ground, yeah, and, with with like and and they start out with bushes coming out of them, but the bushes all get torn off the top. That's that's the palmettos and stuff, yeah. And then it's it's like going through a field of landmines. That don't blow up. You just hit them and then ricochet off of these things. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so there, there's there's definitely a technique for that. So I, you know, I, I run this riding school. It's my other side job over here. I have this oh. riding school, and so I raced. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. I don't want to pat myself on the back. I hate talking about myself that much, but I raced a couple weeks ago. Right. Oh yeah, you I, did. I went out and did a sprint enduro, and uh, I I decimated the over 50 class wow and oh, did you get a trophy i haven't got it yet but yeah i get a trophy oh podium shot 
I would have been on the podium both days out of all the A riders. Oh, really? I would have been third overall A, and I got beat by one guy who was a vet and then one other guy who was like a regular A class. So that's not, not bad for an old dude, right, Lenny? Oh, hell no. But but let's let's be honest, you have a you, your pedigree is a little better than mine, you know. So but I here's what I want to bring up. I I was at that time in quite possibly the worst shape of my life. Right. <laughs> so and it was a sprint enduro, so they were short, you know, the tests were like 15 minutes long. And then you got to you got to rest in between. But even when I finished, I wasn't tired. I was more I want to say I was more sore. Right. Yep. Because I was expecting my muscles to do things that maybe they hadn't done for a long time and, and all this stuff. But what this did do after being sore and getting kind of mad at myself, I decided, hey, I need to I need to get in better shape. So I've been riding the bicycle a little more diligent, actually training for a bicycle event I want to do. And then I started running again because I need to do more of this. How many miles a week? Uh, right now we're at five. Okay. Five in one day. Okay. And it hurt. Yeah. Um, but I was supposed to, I was supposed to run tonight, mm-hmm. but we did flat track instead. Well, that's kind of like I have, a, I have a watch here with heart rate and it, it, it kind of showed that my, uh, that my heart rate, it doesn't get up when I ride. It didn't even spike when I was going by you on the flat track. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting this down by the way. That uh, never passed you in my entire life. So I'm going to soak it up. I, I was I was just milking the outside, just cruising around, you know, yep. playing with traction and stuff. So I, I didn't really want to destroy your. your oh thing. no! Well, at the very end, it confirmed my suspicions in which you weren't really trying. Oh, okay, good. No, I, at the very end, I was like, okay, I so, have my, my five minutes. So my question and my offer is, Lennon, I want, I would like to work with you on on some riding techniques. Okay. I'm switching because so, it got dark on me out there. So <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, it got really dark really quick. That's the way that, you know, you know how this the it's funny when, how the sun works. Well, he's on the other side of the alien area. Oh, really? He's up in he's up in Caliente right now. Oh, yeah. there's some good riding up there. And yeah, when the aliens decide to take the sun down, then they put it down and then mm-hmm. they put pick the moon up, it happens really quick. Actually, and, he's probably sitting at the RV park I've spent a lot of times up. <laughs> Caliente. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways, uh, cause, cause I think that, you know, and, and I appreciate the, the, the effort to want to get in better fitness and better shape and all that stuff. And I know it does help, especially when you're, uh, the problem is I live my uh, a big majority of my life at a very high level of fitness and then I'll let it fall off and I, and I feel it and, but then I get lazy yeah, and then, and I, but I, but Writing is what I've done and I, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say so good at it because I still, every time I ride, I, I pick at myself because I don't do it properly. But I, the idea is when you're riding really good, you don't, your heart rate doesn't go up and you, you don't use a lot of energy. Well, so it's these little kind of techniques. The last race of Florida, my max heart rate was 145 or something like that. So that's. That's not that much. I mean, I, yeah. I jump, I jump into a cold pool. My heart rate goes up to 190. Yeah. And if, and if I, if I get on a, uh, I'm on my pedal bike, my analog pedal bike, and I ride up a, a steep incline, I can go up to like 180 pretty easy. Yeah. 
And it ne- never happens. I mean, I'm rarely, I want to say my max heart rate, and it's really rare that goes up over 130, but it's 140 is when I, I, I wish I would have worn this when I was racing because then there, there's the whole thing when you're racing, all of a sudden there's this little extra tension. I think it's 10 heartbeats a minute yeah. of tension that comes with this. So I th- I think that the if it if it's really motorcycle racing and motorcycle riding you want to get better at, then that would be the best thing to practice. Yeah. So so you just in and you can if you fine tune that and not to short circuit all the all the training, which is you know getting better, getting healthy, but if you fine tune some of these little things, you find out that you're using less energy, your riding becomes more efficient, and then Hopefully the results go up. Right. <laughs> well, the, the weather um, before this last race, our weather got better at home. And I was actually, I got to ride quite a bit, actually. And uh, and, that, and, I, and it shows, it obviously shows in the, in the race results, you know. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I've never, I've never taken any riding courses. I've never taking any instructions on riding i just go out i always try to find people faster than me to ride with and just latch onto them like a pit bull and watch what they do and try to do what they do you know so i i watched i watched the guy at your at your shop put the seat cover on right and then and then i tried to do it right and um you'd probably chastise me (laughs) 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 but it, in the it's and it's funny because when when you and like what you practice you know just riding is good you know and riding and then think about your riding is good but then if you you know just get really into the the kind of core elements of you know whether it's turning or braking or accelerating you know and and you know being balanced and neutral and centered on these bikes all these crazy things that that seem so simple and then you start listening to you know it it's funny how secretive some of the motocross guys have been in the past about what they, what they really did. Right. And, and I think it took a little bit of a lot of the trials guys to start switching over into motocross and then how quickly they were able to pick up speed. Right. And not, not motocross trials into off-road. Right. And how quickly those guys were able to pick up speed and then they start making it look easy. And now you go to like, I arguably, I think, this enduro cross, the in, indoor, you know, extreme enduro stuff is some of the gnarliest stuff you, you know, you, you can watch and look at the guys that are dominating that they're all X trials guys. Yeah. And it's just, it's, and they, they just, they, they have balance. And I think the balance kind of carries a long way into a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stuff. And we just, and most people just throw balance out the window and we're just going to ma- mask it with momentum and inertia. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, well, I, okay, I'm off I'm I'm offering you free free training. I need to come up to Idaho. I I, I want to do at that track that you guys have right outside of Boise. Yeah. Uh, I I'd like to try to do a class up there. Okay. Yeah. You want to Yeah, well, let's talk about that. We can make something happen. We sponsor the track, so uh, it's Oahe, 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 almost like Hawaii. And they just mm-hmm. call it OMC. It's the <laughs> OMC. Yeah, 
because that's that's you know people down in Nevada don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I always just say OMC. If you say OMC, anybody from up there knows exactly what you're talking about. So. Yeah, we, I, I, I definitely, I, I, when they were um, getting their stuff together with their drawing and things, uh, I donated a class and maybe hopefully we can get that person up there too. And we'll try to try to do something. But so you are right now, lucky man uh, in Caliente where the dirt is wet Yeah. for the Nevada 200 trail ride, which is kind of, kind of an industry invite only uh, little trail ride. Yeah. And you're getting to market. Yeah. So me and uh, Scott Harden, you know, he's the, he's the ringleader and, um, and uh, he's been telling us what to do, but me and uh, Rodney Smith, myself, uh, there's a guy named Eric Holt, um, a guy named Corndog. I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> but <we laughs> Corndog. And, uh, but no, we, we've been, for three days now, we've laid out um, close to 200, 200 miles of trail. We got um, just just some small, um, you know, may have to reroute a couple sections. We got some water issues in a couple places, but outside of that, it's pretty much done. So, Matt, Matt, imagine rivers running in Caliente. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually have a picture of me riding through one in the Caliente. Yeah, so so the thing is, the snow is melting right now, uh-huh. and so those sand washes that are normally dry mm-hmm. are wet and uh, dirt's wet. So, are are there still entries available for this? I think so. Um, and I and I don't. It's not in, industry only anymore. Scott, a while back, opened it up. So it used to be like um, secret handshake, and if. You know, you can invite a couple friends, but it had to stop at a couple. I don't know that I wasn't part of it back then. But we've been we've been a part of this for like six years now, and uh, I've this would be my fourth time coming here, and it's it's you know it's a hell of a lot of fun. And but this is the first time I've gotten to work behind the scenes, um, and uh, I don't think the average person realizes how much work goes into something like this. I mean, a hellacious amount of work, you know. Yeah, I mean, and that's just that's just the marking it, you know, with the all the permits and all the all stuff right. with the BLM and different things. That's that's even mega compared to where you know you guys are just kind of the feet on the ground making it happen the week before the event. So, no, Scott starts working on next year's event on the Monday after this after after this one ends. You know, and then and then he and then he's got you scheduled to go clean up all the markings as well. <laughs> well. It's actually a really cool system. The way they have it done is uh, he has seven sweep riders. So their job is to make sure nobody's left on the trail, but also they clear the, they pull all the markings down as they go. So oh, that's good. At the end of the event, technically it all should be down, you know? So <laughs> cool. Do you, do you know where people could go check out, uh, See if they can get an entry for this. Yeah, so it's uh, you can just do it, Google Nevada 200 trail ride and it comes right up. And it's Harden off awesome. road. Harden off road is the uh, is the promoter and it's Scott Harden, but that's his business. It's called Harden off road. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure um, accommodations might be weak if you're if you're a kind of person that can just uh, you may have to drive a little little farther out of town to find a hotel because I think all the local hotels is, is booked up. So, but, uh, right. 
if you but if you have a trailer or you have a tent or what there's plenty of room here for tents so if there's an entry fee and you don't mind roughing it i'm sure you can get in you know that sounds cool. I've 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 not been I've ridden around there a bunch. I've not been on this ride. I have a lot of friends that go up there and do this. And uh, so cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, we'll we'll see in the we'll see in the training pretty soon. Okay, yeah, I, well, I'll get in touch with you privately and we'll let's, let's figure something out. But I want to talk but, one thing before I go, if I may. So for sure, you got you were talking with the last caller um, about how what how bitching the new bikes are. You know, uh, right. I'm riding a brand new 23 Husky FX 450, and it's just phenomenal, man. All all I did is put a a little bit stiffer back spring on it and play with the rebound clickers, and it's. What about the seat? Well, of course I put a seat on it, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but even the air forks, man. If if I didn't know the air forks, I couldn't tell it, and the, the, it's on. It's the first bike I've ever owned. Why I don't think I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm not gonna spend any money on revals or any of that stuff. I, I'm riding the piss out of this thing, and it's just great. You know, this is. It's so hard. I mean, it's funny because if, but you have it. Have you run to the internet to post what you just said? Um, no, not really. If you yeah, no, care people. No, you because you you know. Good. Because you're just out, you're just out riding and having a good time. You're happy, so you're you're in the I would say 95 percentile of people that you know hops on a bike, has a great time, thing works good. You you know you do these little things that you do to set it up for yourself, right? And then we're good and we don't complain. I I just want to know, like, if if you put it in the back of a truck, is it going to blow up? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay just checking because yeah. that seems to be any any bike like if you take it from the ktm dealer now and you put it in your truck it blows up yeah <laughs> so uh awesome well hey glad you're enjoying that bike we're actually trying to uh, trevor is working on a 450 fx style comparison of all the different all the different bikes right now and i think we have a i, th I think we're going to try to i think he actually has to get a gas gas from a friend of his because ktm is completely sold out on that kind of version of bikes whether it's the right. 450 xc uh xcf the husky and yours is fx yep or the gas gas and i think they call that an ex yeah yeah what do they call it um and the the ktms and xc right and uh um uh, yeah i don't know what they call yeah. yamaha I don't, I don't know but yeah yamaha's yeah. an fx okay. yamaha's called the fx okay yeah, Yamaha, proud sponsor of Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. Hey, one other thing is uh, Tim Skelly says, I hope you grease the dry linkage bearings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I did that too. When I've switched to, man, getting the, that's one thing, getting the shock off the thing is a PIA. But um, when I was doing all that, I greased all that stuff. Until Tim, I said so, hi. So Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get Tim on the show here pretty soon because I've known Tim for a long time. Oh, it's, oh, uh, his little shop down in Orange County. Yeah, the uh, Inside Line Moto. Yep. They, uh, they, they unfortunately, they play this show. They listen to it back and I, I have to, you know, make sure they don't have any really good customers in there when they're listening to it. <laughs> I don't know how I do that, but <laughs> I can get blamed. But anyways, hey, Lennon, thanks a lot for joining and say hi to Rodney for me. Rodney uh, heard heard us talk earlier and called me and wanted to know if we wanted any new beta test bikes, which we definitely do when we get some time. The more bikes, the better. The, yeah, but it's a lot of work. Oh, it is a lot of work. <laughs> 
<laughs> the pictures don't take themselves, right, Matt? Uh, they certainly don't. <laughs> so, okay, Lennon. Hey, hey, good luck in your next 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 race, and uh, we will uh, see you out in the trail. Okay, man. Have a good one. Bye. Cheers. All right. That was Lennon from Seat Concepts. Uh, interesting story. He was he was a guest on a show not too long ago. Uh, actually, it was a long time ago. Probably. Uh, 40 episodes ago no no not that many no like 15 or 15 or 20 yeah he was a he was a guest uh a while back kind of gave us the story of seat concepts how you know basically he was making his own seats for vintage bikes and he thought i could i could do this mm-hmm. and to in 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 a very really short time they went from you know it was just in his garage to a really nice facility uh up in idaho and putting out just amazing stuff and they're like when you the science of putting a seat together and mm-hmm. when they, the, the way they mix their foams and all this stuff, it's pretty cool. And I'm, I'm proud to have them as a sponsor and I like running their seats, especially on when I want to get comfortable, comfortable seats. I've had some people build me custom seats before mm-hmm. and their seats are like those custom seats off the shelf. So pretty, yeah, that, pretty cool. I got to ride uh, one of the rental bikes recently with the, See concept seat. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, the, that's the one that has the little the little wings on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a little comfier in the butt where you sit down, but they hold you up when you're starting to get aggressive on the gas. So Dave Donnelly wants to know where our super top secret flat track is. He'd like to check it out. Uh, we should ask him how much whiskey he has. Right? Is it whiskey mm-hmm. or tequila? Oh, we'll say whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. I. I, I I prefer more whiskeys than tequilas. As the price goes up, well, I kind of lean more towards tequila, but yeah. we'll, go with, we'll go with whiskey. <laughs> it's not in my budget either way. Yeah. Uh, so you're you're a Milwaukee's best kind of guy. The cheaper, the better, really. Yeah. This is ice. There you go. Yeah, but it yeah. was sitting in the, in my uh, in my motorhome all day in the in the back, so it's it's good. It's not iced. <laughs> uh, I saw a Facebook user. Was that? That wasn't, um, uh, he said tech talk, taco Tuesday and tequila. That would be Mark Daniel said that in the beginning and then he must've changed him to Facebook. User oh, changed that's the, definitely his thing. That is his thing. Unless that people are picking up on it. He texted me back. I, right after the last show, I needed to know what size. Cause mm-hmm. I have a couple of uh, t-shirts yeah, signed yeah. and, uh, he, he texted me back in Spanish and said, grande, is that large or extra large? That's an excellent question. That's a good question. So, Mark, if you're out there, uh, let us know about that T-shirt, and I'll get that like right into the line of stuff that's going to go to the post office to get like postages put on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, I think uh, yeah. we, I, hung, I hung up on the on the uh, Instagrammers because well, you're about to. Yeah, no, I, I did. No. no, actually, no, you're I, still alive. No, I, no, you're is. still alive. Oh, I'm still live. Yes, it well, says right the, there. Okay, so how do I unlive it? I just push this button here. X, yeah, that button there. And now I actually try to do this because they can't hear the caller. No, they can't. So this show really sucks for mm-hmm. them. Yeah, they should come. The over. fact that there was people on there for 56 minutes was pretty impressive. Well, that was so. an hour long Instagram session. Yeah, I should probably quit doing Instagram because so it, the chat is. Saying uh, grande is large, muy grande is mucho grande large. is extra large. Okay, 
Well, I'll go back and check to see. He said grande of some sort, and mm -hmm. uh, I'll get that out there. But we got a large and an extra large signed. Yes. So we're at least, you know, and it could get lost in the mail like the other one that I'm pretty sure I sent. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some random stranger just getting all these Ricky Brayback signed T-shirts. <laughs> hey, Seat Concept seats are proudly handmade and developed in the USA by motorcycle enthusiasts. Seat Concepts offers a wide variety of seats. From stylish replacement covers to complete seats, as well as various height and width profiles. Each seat incorporates a proprietary foam formulation. This is what I was talking about. That is designed to provide unmatched support and impact dampening to the rider. Whether you are hitting the motocross track or gearing up for a trek across the country, Seat Concepts has a seat for you. See all the options at SeatConcepts.com. Seat Concepts, saving asses since 2009. How was that? That was good. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, I like it. Clip that. I liked it last a little bit there. Yeah, that's theirs. I didn't add that. Oh, that is theirs? Yeah, that's theirs. You, gonna... you thought I added that, didn't you? I thought I thought you did, yeah. Yeah. I'm Sometimes I'm good like that, but not usually. No. Sorry, we all have our strengths. Okay. Um, not mechanically inclined. Yeah, I didn't say that was one of my strengths. Got it. <laughs> I, I was glad that you were able to put that bolt back in and recover the, the cracked uh, rear disc. Thing hey, and I learned, I learned about fuel pump issues that could potentially happen on some uh, KTMs that are going on nine to 10 years old. Right. It's yeah. so simple. I learned a lesson. Yeah. Like, like that was, it took us 20 minutes to fix that. It blew me away. Right. A bike that was dead on the trail. Mm -hmm. Essentially. You could idle it back probably. Uh, I could get it running, but I was kind of scared because I'm like, this is not good. And we're so, there's a truck right here. And it's right there. It's like, it's just as easy just to load it up. Right. So Matt uh, walked in the door and says, hey, I got a problem. You know, he broke, basically broke one of my bikes. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what is it? And he's like, yeah, it started. It started, started backfiring. And backfiring, running, blah, 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 this and that. And it's like, okay. And I, in my head, Matt's telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, has spark. It's backfiring, doing some stuff. It's a fueling issue. Just went straight to fueling. Okay. Like, Asked him a couple other quick questions and I said, okay, I have a tool for this. Taco Moto makes a really nice fuel pressure checking tool. I probably didn't even need to put it on, but I just wanted to show you the tool and show you like the process. The process yeah. And so, you, you even told me what to do in the field, what to check for in the field. Right. And so, yeah, how to squeeze it, you know, instead of having a fuel pressure gauge, there's a fuel pressure, you can actually squeeze the hose. And if you let the fuel pressure out, the hose squeezes kind of easy, Yeah. but you pump it up and the hose gets hard. Amazing. So that's, that's the, if your hose is a little limp in the field, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. A little limp. Right. Your hose is a little limp in the field. Doesn't have pressure. There's a problem. Is this going on my grinder? No, thing? no, no. Just okay. Yeah. Keep uh, going. Yeah. Keep going. I, I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this. Oh, my choice from the Saunders family winery. Well, the thing <laughs> is, Dave, uh, if you go to Saunders family winery and pick up they have a they have a couple of really good wines, and you almost walk across the street. You'll be so close to that flat track <laughs> that you make sure that you don't drop the bottle when you're astonished by my amazing like pivot into the turns right there, and yeah. then by me passing Jimmy. Yeah, or, or you're astonished when Matt passes me. Yeah, yes. so that'd be that'd be a good way to figure this out and bring that Husaberg because that'd be a fun bike to ride around ooh, that flat ooh, track. Ooh. You know, I need to go to that winery. Swedish trench machine. 
Is that what it's called? That's Is that what, what the that's, nickname that's was? That's what my one of my new Hoosbergs has a sticker that says Swedish trench trench. I I remember I had a sticker that said Swedish something, but I can't remember what that was. Yeah. It's actually muy grande, says Victor. And muy Victor grande. Victor would know because Victor is a 100% certified Mexican. There we go. <laughs> you know, I hey, San Felipe Bob's back. I don't know if I've seen him on here for a while now. No. Uh, get your kid on. We have some drops for him to pull out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I got to post those clips too. Okay. Some of them are uploaded. They're just private videos right now. And we said Husaberg plenty of times and Victor's going ding, ding. Or do we ding, ding for Victor now? My Valentine. Yeah. yeah you're, <laughs> so, all right. hey, we've got a bunch of questions that we're going to get to. Uh, I got them all right here. List on a sheet. Matt's going to read them off. But until we do that, you've got to listen to some commercials. Listen to these commercials because these companies are the ones that are supporting this podcast. I believe in every single one of these companies. Use all their products. Uh, enjoy. What's up, Moto Buddies? Mike here from Taco Moto Co. What is the Taco Touch? It's the best service in the industry. Virtually 24-7 tech support via email or text. And it's like having a dirt bike doctor on call every day of the year, helping you fix your bike or recommend parts or setups for you. If you've ever received an order from us, you know that the Taco Touch extends to our fulfillment and our orders come with the coolest stickers that you've ever had, uh, buying parts from anybody before and a handful of root beer barrel candies. Um, all of our Taco Moto Co. branded components come with a no questions asked lifetime warranty. And we'll even extend out the warranty of other manufacturers, OEM and aftermarket parts where we can, sometimes for life. We test and tune endlessly and exhaustively and obsessively. We're trying to destroy everything that we can before you get your hands on it to look for weaknesses and to improve it or to make recommendations to the manufacturer. And if it's something that doesn't uh, meet grade, then we don't offer it on the store. Everything that we carry is something that we have personally used, tested, and ridden, and raced, and nose meets uh, the high taco touch demanding standard. Go out and get some adventure. Welcome back. Uh, everybody always wants to know the tequila that we're having here. Uh, Milagro. Going to good old um, staple. Nice big bottle. Mm -hmm. So this is the 15 Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. I'll be having that for the rest of the show. And uh, welcome back. Thanks for enjoying our sponsors. By the way, Fast Company, www.fastco.com. So I rode stock bikes today and my wrists mm -hmm. are telling me this. Yeah. Yes. So uh, flex handlebars and I've been starting to ride the mountain bike and I have my analog bike does not have flex bars, which it will pretty soon. I'm pretty sure. By analog if, bike, it's the non-electric bike? Non-electric bike. Okay. Yeah. And my, my electric bike has the flex bars. What a difference. Like. And, and mountain bikes are really stiff and rigid. And yeah. Just that shock that I get in my hands is good. So uh, Fast Company uh, making the flex bars and the brake pedal spring and little things that go on your rim lock to keep it centered up on the bike. And they have a torque wrench for your spokes. Lots of cool products. You need that kind of stuff. Uh, and I got accused of only paying attention to my Mexican followers on... Facebook in the chat. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So Todd Hicks felt a little bit, uh, T.W. Hicks felt a little bit uh, spited because we were paying attention to Victor. 
because mm-hmm. he said grande and I guess Todd said grande, but the, the comments are just flying by here. When, say, we're actually getting a lot more when you have 10,000, when you have 10,000 viewers actively watching this show, like all the time, it's like this. And then the, the, the comments just go crazy. San Felipe Bob's outing his kid as a roadie geek. Mm. You know, if you're if you're listening to this thing as a podcast or something and you want to see what's going on, come in and join us live in the chat. You can pop a question up. You can actually, even if you're watching this at another time, you can actually add a question even after the show goes. We pick those questions up. Yeah, they come the back comments. in. Comments, questions, whatever they called. Uh, Matt, hit us with questions. Hit me with questions. All right, so... We're going to go with the questions that were submitted before the show. So the first one's going to be Asher uh, Petkovich. What dirt bikes glove? What dirt bike gloves last? My dad and I have run th- uh, through two to three gloves each a year. Each a year. Let's see. I was thinking about trying the climb, climb gloves next, but reviews have said their gloves have dropped in quality. I don't care about price or armor. I just want a dexterous glove that will last a few years. Okay, Asher. That's uh, a tough question. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good question. It's a really good question. No, no, th- yeah, yeah. Just tough answer. <laughs> no, it's not a tough answer. It's easy answer. If every gear manufacturer has good and bad years, and I've known this because there's some, I, I climb as a sponsor of the show. I wear climb stuff pretty much head to toe. It's good stuff. There have been years where the gloves have been bad. And just like you're hearing all this stuff about a KTM TPI, it blows up when you, Actually, when you touch the grips, and now I think, I think if you touch the grips, the bike blows up. Uh, but so guess what you hear about? The complaints are about the bad things. And so I will I will tell you that there have been some years where the climb gloves, especially the, I don't even know, the, 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 the leather-like material in the palms was not that good. And they kind of, they kind of disintegrated. And mm-hmm. it, it wasn't instant, but it took some time, but I noticed it. And when I notice this, I get right back to him and say, Hey, what's up with these gloves? And like a lot of times at that point, they already know, cause they've had customers that have them. Or if it's, if we're doing a photo shoot and with some early stuff and I'm like, Hey, you might want to check into this. Then they get to the manufacturer and they ask about this stuff. So a lot of times it has to do with supply chain and vendor issues and all these things like that. So yes, there are years of climb gloves that were substandard the last few years. They've been really good. Hmm. Okay. So that's the climb quote defense, but it's a defense of every single gear company I've used. I've So if you ask me about gloves, I would say if you want good, high quality gloves, and, and most of it has to do with fit and function, Fox has been known, and I think they're kind of known in the industry for having some of the best gloves. They just, I don't know, their factory is good. They understand fit. They understand materials. They've had really good gloves and they have, they have so many gloves. They have like, they have like four lines of gear and they have seven lines of gloves or something like this. I remember back in the day, it was amazing, but they've always been really good at gloves. So that's maybe where I would start if you're having some issues. Uh, And then it's kind of poking around. I know some guys that run like Home Depot gardening gloves, like a certain brand because they're $9 and they last twice as long as whatever their favorite, whether it was a, a, a Moose or a Thor or a uh, whatever brand uh, glove that 
they found that they could buy these other ones and these work gloves and they work just as fine. They didn't have that kind of the protection, but like he says here, he's not really worried about protection. He's worried about, you know, the dexterity and stuff like this. I like the climb, the, we'll call them the lower end gloves. Uh, not that I do not like the XC gloves cause they're a little too tight fitting and, um, not my cup of tea, but I like them because they're tight fitting, but I will say my set from last year starting to see some holes. Yeah. But how much do you ride and, and mm-hmm. how it's that's last year. Oh, it is last so year. And this was the gear I've been using a lot and right. using when working. I'm not saying that. They're not good. Yeah. I'm just yeah. So so I so for the reason you like the XC, I don't like the XC, mm-hmm. and and then I like the um. I want to make sure I get the Mojave glove, which is the the Mojave glove is a little more vented, a little lighter. I like those ones, and I also like the, the Dakar has kind of been a hit or miss year over year. Uh, whether they you know sometimes they add a little bit of protection or they add a little bit extra padding, and we're talking like you know probably a half a millimeter of padding. And all of a sudden, it can go from for me good to bad just based on feel. So mm-hmm. I've always liked the uh, the Mojave glove. But, anyways, lots of uh, glove talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah glove mean, talk. Uh, there's in. I think it's one of those things where if you can, you know, because fit is so important in the glove world. You know, you have to be able to try it because some some gloves are skinny and long, and those are the worst for me because I have short little fingers. And then they pinch. And so I need to run like an XL with a lot of extra finger width. So my hand isn't probably the best example. I should probably wear a medium glove, but I need to wear a large because my fingers are fat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a little girth. To yeah. Them. And yeah, yeah, I'm not the same. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah. If you, if you have a chance to go try a bunch of different ones on, I would, I would do that. But uh Lots of different things. Uh, some of us has calluses on our hands. I end up ripping some some brand gloves brand gloves off. Yeah. So, and I knew people that were wearing the mechanics gloves. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a couple brand. people in the chat say that. Yeah. So mechanics were actually uh, pretty good as well. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of thing. And this is the interesting. Like you can watch our chat as we're doing this. And these guys, a lot of the people in our chat, I know they ride a lot. And they have different experiences and, and Victor, I think Victor, he doesn't work that hard. He stands around and watches his guys work really hard. <laughs> so he must get his, he must get his calluses from rubbing his hands. Thinking about all the money, thinking he's all the money he's getting the, yeah, from, from his dudes. I know how that works. Mm-hmm. Right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. How are we doing? We doing okay? We're doing okay. Like I always say, every time we hang up the phone on this show, I always say, keep making me money, kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, and a Q1 just Q1 just ended, so we have some income statements. Oh, checks to, to sign out. Do I have to write a check? Uh, well, I need one more thing from you, actually. He says it's from cooking the goose. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, next question. Okay, next one's going to be Scott uh, Zundell. I have a low-hour 2017 RMX 450Z, fully uncorked with the JD jetting tuner. It has a hanging high idle. How can I fix that? Thanks, Scott. He's from uh, Pittsburgh. Who that's a that's a good one. I'm trying to remember that bike because I remember we tested we tested one of those. Yeah, I was playing around with that JD Cheddar JD jetting tuner on it, it too. The the tuner should have no effect on this unless you've really modified the the idle setting 
mixture, like you've added or taken away fuel. A uh, hanging idle to me, it, well, it could be rich or lean, and it really depends on what the what the butterfly valve is doing in in the in the fuel injection at that point. So I would I would number one if this was I I just had to go diagnose diagnosis. I don't know anything about it. I would go and make sure that my butterfly valve was shutting all the way down. In other words, I could let go of the throttle. It closes all the way and it closes solid bang to the point where I might have to back it off so that it makes the bike stall. And then I would slowly making sure that the throttle is free and everything that use the, the adjustment on the, on the throttle body to get it to idle. Mm -hmm. And and then at that point, and I would set my JD tuner so that, because the bike idles when it's stock, should, if everything else, and this is assuming everything else is okay. The bike is idling when it's stock. Set the JD jetting tuner at three, because that means no modification to the idle circuit and, and get it to idle that way. You know, get it to set that way. And then you're kind of at standard and that should be okay. The hanging idle for the most part has always been uh you know a lean condition it's 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 lean and then and then some somehow the fuel injection like tries to compensate for it in a certain sense so there's a lot of stuff going on you know going on there but i bet you your your butterfly valve isn't shutting all the way down there, and there's something else mechanical in there so Hopefully it helps. Uh, Scott, let us know if that, if that doesn't work, hit us back. We'll keep poking away. Okay. So Austin Coleman wrote in 2019 KTM XCW just got a month ago, just got a month ago and loving it so far for the trails in Washington compared to his 98 YZ250. New, he's new to the TPI and he was wondering how do you go about warming them up? Heard conflicting ways, <laughs> blip, not to blip. We answered this question actually. Let's see. Does it take forever to warm up? Seems really low on power. Uh, then comes alive at the mid range after a few minutes of riding. All good. Any recommendations for upgrades? Only thing I can think of is to stiffen the high speed in the rear for the jumps and whoops out on the trails. But curious what you would do. I I am. Hey Austin, <laughs> thanks for enjoying the show. I'm amazed at how we went from how to warm my bike up to a suspension setting. Yeah, yeah, we just jumped. We just we just literally jumped into the atmosphere but the good thing is that whoever's wearing the gloves out you're riding a lot by mm -hmm. the way somebody in the chat brought that up that's that's good maybe you're riding too much you should probably stop riding and then you <laughs> won't wear gloves out and then it's not a problem yeah um let's see enriching the fueling on low range idle circuit my 19 tpi did the same thing adding an idle screw mod and closing the air screw so here here we most of these KTMs, and we're back to Austin's question at the same time. Uh, most of these KTMs, when they're completely stock, when you buy them brand new, they idle just fine. I have a 2019. I haven't added any sort of modifications to it. And it idles just fine. Still does. Always has. Haven't jacked with it. It's good. But there's all kinds of modifications you can do. And generally, when you do one modification, it affects something else downstream or upstream or wherever it is, and you're going to be chasing things. So let's get that straight. So how do how do I go about my 2019? How do I go about 
warming it up. Well, I start it up <laughs> and it, it starts right up and then I blip it a few times. <laughs> so that's what I do. I just kind of blip it a few times and then it takes me, like I said, 15, 20 seconds. It's probably in gear and ready to go. It may be two seconds before I pop it in gear when it's dead cold. It might be 45 seconds. I don't care. Is there blips in there? Yeah. Most of the time there's some blip or not, but I need blip and I take off and then I'm mellow on it and I ride and it's fine. Never fouled a spark plug. Never had an issue. Uh, so, but I do ride it. I want to say I ride it medium aggressive. Mm -hmm. So it gets cleaned out every once in a while. So all these, all these different things, uh, so the the hanging idle thing, my bike is stock. I actually have I have a well stock. It has a has the Lex pipe on it, the Rocky Mountain ATV MC. Hey, by the way, you people, you people, when you're buying parts, click through our link. We're going broke here, Matt. Did you see the check last month? Yeah, yeah. I can like I'm gonna drink it right now. Mm. Okay. Well, when I finish that thing, our whole check's gone. Mm -hmm. At least my cut. But anyways, uh, click through our link on Rocky Mountain ATVMC. I have a Lex pipe on mine and an FMF. Uh, which muffler is it? It's the one with the spark rester. Power core two. I don't know which, what it's called. So anyways, I don't have any problems with this stuff. So I don't have any hanging idles or anything weird like this. So a lot of times hanging idle, generally it's... It starts when you tip over and crash to the right side and your throttle hits the ground and it bends the throttle tube and then it doesn't completely close. That's usually where the hanging at all start idle starts. So if you come back and tell me that you've never crashed to the right hand side or whatever. Okay. So any recommendations for upgrades? Um, well, let's see. You should probably buy the no blow up tie down kit. Uh, it's it's for sale right now on jimmylewisoffroad.com. It it basically it's a it's a special tie down that when you put your bike in the back of the truck it won't blow up. Oh, for those uh, KTM's any bike actually no, yeah, yeah, yeah you can put it on any bike and these tie downs will not allow your bike to blow up in the truck or shortly after you take it out of the truck and ride it, it mm -hmm. your bike won't blow up as long as you don't do any stupid modifications. That's the that, that the tie down actually has a, a thing on it. it says, "Did you do any stupid modifications, honey?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so actually, speaking of KTM's blowing up, I don't know if I ever heard exactly what happened with uh, Jim's bike that just spontaneously died. The one that got hot. It got really hot, and then the battery just died. So it was a battery issue. Mm -hmm. Something happened to the battery. And I don't know what happened to the battery, but so low voltage caused some issues. I don't know. I, I wasn't there, so I don't know. But it, I don't even know if he put a new battery in it. I don't know if he had something extra running or plugged into it or mm -hmm. whatever. But he still rides that bike. And I haven't I actually never bothered to ask what the whole problem was. Thank mm -hmm. you, Brenda. Brenda's shopping through Rocky Mountain ATV MC links. And we also have Amazon links. So when you're buying all of the things you buy on Amazon, like... Trevor actually put a link on one of our tests on dirtbiketest.com for paper towels. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I don't know why Trevor needs so many paper towels, but one can only imagine. So if you're shopping on on, uh, Amazon as well, you can click through that link too. And it, it does, it helps us out. It makes it so that I can have tequila and Matt can afford gas to drive all the way from Vegas because he has a girlfriend. Yep. Whoa. That was an admission. Yeah. 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 Big, yeah. big things, big life changes, big life changes. Yeah. Okay. You moving her out here. Valley of the dirt. People. She actually likes it out here. Oh, that's good. Yeah. She, she actually kind of likes people look this. at her funny in that Tesla. Oh, I know. <laughs> So I know. Okay, good for you. Congratulations. I'm glad it's a girlfriend too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um okay. And Brenda got her new Parker DTs on Amazon. That's good. That's a good tire. Pretty good. I, I like it. Okay. Cool. So do we want to go to some questions we were kind of missing in chat, or do you want to go to those YouTube comment ones? Uh you're in charge. Okay, let's go to these ones in chat because we've been we don't want to ignore the people in the chat, by the way. Yeah, we, we want to reward the people who are here. By the way, if you want to call these questions in, they will go to the front of the line. Seat mm-hmm. Concepts Hot Seat Hotline. And, oh, wait a minute. Before this next question, I want to bring up the Bulletproof Designs Product of the Week. Do you know what it is? Is it Tour to Crash Guard? Crash Bars? Why'd you call it a Crash Guard? I'm changing the name. Oh. So, yes. Uh, so, my product of the week this week is the TourTech. These are crash guards, actually. So, Matt is right. So, these are for my Yamaha Tenere 700. Uh, if you watch my latest vlog on the Tenere, I'm looking right through the middle of this sucker right here. Uh, I tell you why I got these. I never, I rarely ever get crash guards. I want to call them tip over guards. Mm hmm. Don't want to call them crash cars. I do not like to crash an adventure bike, but I rode mine off a cliff a few months ago. Like I thought I could, it's, it's a place we ride our normal dirt, normal dirt bikes. Okay. And it cuts off about like 30 miles of pavement to go this one little pass over this pass. Mm -hmm. I knew it was gnarly. I rode up there and I got there and I, I should have turned around, but I said, yeah, I'm going to go for it. But it was marbly. It's those marbly rocks on top of a super steep downhill at an off camber. And it ends, it terminates in a, in a wash. That's like a, that's like a V. So it was like riding off a cliff and I got eight tenths of the way down there. Almost in control. Mm -hmm. And then the weight of that motorcycle, full tank of gas, of course, all this stuff bags on it started sliding. And then I started having to, Whoa, hang on. And, drop off into a ditch with big bowlers and bounced and saved it like 17 more times before mm-hmm. I finally had to let it auger in. And luckily the only thing it broke was the fork protector. It, it actually hit a big rock kind of in as it was stopping, uh-huh. but it scratched the, this, the, the radiator shroud, we'll call it. It actually, the windshield got scratched because the way it, you know, slid on the ground, all these things. And so I had to, buy a new fort guard which was on back order and it was pretty expensive for a small piece of plastic but hey that's that's the way it is i did something stupid i should have to pay for it but i started looking at the price of the radiator shroud and the radiator and all the things yeah yeah and i did the math and this was so much less expensive than having to buy those pieces and i know that this is jimmy he's like i am i'm i should turn around but i'm gonna go for it 
and then tipped over. Mm-hmm. And and we can all have that one that just you don't expect coming and then things tip over. That's why I don't want to call it a crash. I this was a tip over more or less. It was like a little bit of a crash, but it was more of a tip over. It wasn't like a just like when I rode off the top of this, I knew that it was a 17% chance of what had happened was going to happen. And it did. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I bought crash guards. I mean tip over guards. These the tour tech stuff is really solid. Uh, and I got it in conjunction with the whole luggage system that I'm getting for that bike. So they're pannier racks, the Zega Pro panniers and pannier racks, mm-hmm. which I run on all of my adventure bikes. They have some of the best, it's just high quality, best stuff. Watch my Tenere 700 vlog number six, and I'll explain it there. But uh, that's my product of the week. Uh, check out uh, tourtechusa.com. I have a follow-up question now that I'm looking at that. And uh, if you want to come out and visit us at the Tour Tech Rally this year in Plain, Washington, Mm -hmm. um, Matt and myself will be teaching some classes. Yeah. You can meet Matt. He won't be working on your motorcycle, but he might be teaching (laughs) you how to ride it. I can put on a zip tie. Okay. If it's the right spot, though. Uh, So, actually, looking at that crash cart just reminded me, is Alt Rider still a thing? I haven't heard anything about him in a while. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anything it's about it. It's been a long time since they left you out in the desert, right? Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right, so Austin Coleman, who actually submitted a question before, uh, he put in earlier in the show, tried checking baseline on my four clickers on my 2019 KTM 300 XCW and tried to bottom them out. I got to 25 clicks and never hit the bottom. Am I missing something? Wow. Uh, t- so... 2019, if it was all the way unscrewed, you can get to 25, maybe 30. I, I don't, I've never really, I've never counted the full range, but I think there's, there's a lot in there unless, so is, okay. So the question is this bike stock. So fork clickers, and especially if they're on top, if it's a clicker on top and not on the bottom. And now I'm thinking 2019, I don't think it has a clicker on the bottom, so many bikes, so many questions. But anyways, so if it's on top, if your fork was disassembled and reassembled, if it wasn't assembled properly, for sure, you can have like infinite clicks to where it, because it wasn't set. So the click, so the, the, the clicker goes down and things can come apart in there. So uh, yeah, you might be missing something, but if it's Austin, let me know if it, if it has that fork been apart. If it hasn't, uh, you should only maybe 30 would be the max, but you should be able to get it to quote bottom out. But if it and I have in the past seen some WP stuff assembled improperly. So uh, I would say if if it if it is spinning too much more than 30. Uh, yeah. Take it to a suspension to that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely strange. OK, so we're just going to go ahead and ask the most recent question from Supi Socks Enduro. It might be a dumb question, but is there a proper procedure when kickstarting your bike? What is the pra- pra- best practice that one can do? Oh, this is one I'm still lear- still getting down. Kickstarting? Kickstarting, like I'm assuming a four-stroke. Procedure, uh, proper procedure. Top dead center. And no, so, so no, this isn't a dumb question. Super. No, no, um, it's not a dumb one at all. No. This I, is one you had to teach me multiple times. Right. And most people, I can kickstart almost any bike. And it's just, it's experience and learning and stuff like this. So yeah, two stroke and four stroke are a little bit different. But what I like to do is I like to get, if I'm going to kickstart a bike, I like to get it near or just past top dead center. Two strokes, I like to get it just near top dead center. Um, 
Four strokes, I like to get it just past top dead center. And here's the here's the thing. Here's the secret. At that point, let the Kickstarter ratchet all the way back up because you want as much of a long throw as you can get on the Kickstarter. So let it come all the way back up because I see a lot of people find it and their Kickstarter is a quarter of the way down and they only get three quarters of a kick. They don't get a full kick. So get that thing where you want it. Every bike's a little bit different. So you're gonna you're gonna as you experience it's like some four strokes you go past top head center and then another half stroke down and then pull it all the way back up because you think about it that's the power stroke and you want it to flop over and then go to the intake stroke it's it's but anyhow too technical so you just got to find out where it's at full stroke and then you want to do a nice big smooth stroke of the Kickstarter and you know run it all the way through till it bottoms. But you don't want to have all your weight on it. So when it finally gets to the end, that's when all your weight slams into the foot peg frame, kickstart or whatever it is. You kind of want to use all of your weight in the middle of the stroke. So you pick yourself up and let yourself fall onto the kickstarter. This is like a balance thing on the, that we teach in the class. Even if you have a 2002 Husaberg that has mm -hmm. a kickstart on the left-hand side, this technique works. And if you have an electric start, as well as a Kickstarter, you can actually amplify kick lecture, kick lecture. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can so you get set the same thing, and right when you start putting your weight down, you push on the starter. And so if your battery's halfway dead, you can do oh, this. You do it at the end uh, of your kick. I, I, I do. I do it at the same time. The minute I the minute I put okay. my weight on it, then I put the electric okay. down. Then then I okay. I was like, oh wait, maybe this is why I sometimes struggle. But no, it's no. kind of it's the same time. I don't think there's an ideal time. Yeah, because I've always thought it it kind of helps. It amplifies your your kick versus I don't know. Anyway, okay. Facebook user is it, what's better to use for fuel pump lines in the tank? Oteker style in the tank or or so or in the tank style clamps. Um. Or Tiker, I you know, so I'm not super familiar with that, that technology, but there's a there's these clamps that uh they they're one time use and they pinch down with a it's a special tool you're supposed to use, but it's a, essentially like a set of dikes but squared up. And your set of dikes compress these things down. So somebody that probably knows a little bit more about the names of those things, basically the ones that are stock are the best ones to use inside of the tank. Uh, outside of the tank, I prefer something that that attaches with a, a threaded, you know, so uh, just like a typical hose clamp style. So you can use a either a flat blade or a Phillips head screw on the hose clamp because if you ever need to take that off or remove it, it's easy. But inside the tank, you shouldn't be jacking with that thing. Uh, just get it and make it happen okay roy 15 asked uh, about 30 minutes ago do you think riding every other day is better than going to the gym roy that's like roy? like uh like one of those things is the hurt factory and the other one is fun so let me be perfectly absolutely 100 percent clear riding every day is more fun than going to the gym unless you have super hot babes in your gym that you're checking out and thinking about riding them. <laughs> I mean, wait, no, riding your motorcycle while you're working out. If you're working out and thinking about riding your motorcycle, it's okay to go to the gym. Otherwise, just ride your motorcycle. 
Right. Okay. Or, or, orchid, or ticker are PEX clamps. Yeah. Okay. So that's the same thing. Uh, I don't know. There's, you can buy a hundred different kinds of those clamps on Amazon (laughs) and different things. But if you get the right ones, those clamps are uh, the best ones. So thanks, TW. CB Socks Enduro. My motto was, who needs a gym membership when you can get a dumb idea on a dirt bike? Uh, the, I guess you could. I think, I think, it, I think the thing is that the gym is like any sort of like training. You're, you're, you're actually at that point, you're kind of doing pure training you know you're going Mm -hmm. to the gym and you're doing a set number of reps on a certain machine and it and you you can wait and and uh analyze what you've done and see progress Mm -hmm. where on dirt bike riding your goal should be to use less energy yeah yeah but you're you're sitting there go like how do i feel like i did something you're gonna wear one of these watches that shows your heart rate and different things and you Mm -hmm. can you know time yourself on certain things and do better this way the problem with like practicing on the dirt bike, there's a point where you get to, and this is the this is probably my life more than anything else. If I start riding at a level on a dirt bike to where I'm getting a good workout, I'm endangering myself from losing traction and crashing. You know, I start riding or or you know, I'm going fast enough or something where I'm gonna hit something that I don't see a rock or a rut or whatever. So the gym is for the most part pretty safe. And the motorcycle riding at, you know, pushing at a certain level can be to a certain amount dangerous. But you can practice safe things. You can do figure eights, you can do circles, you can ride flat track, although flat track can get kind of crazy too, because you get little confidence behind you and you, mm-hmm. you're like I was say, flat, flat track, my legs get more tired than anywhere else. Besides well, except if I go running 10 miles, but on the flat track, my legs get tired. You should ride ruts, like ride in ruts, like in, in, what about if you do figure eight? Do your legs get tired there? No, 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 not on the figure what eight. What gets tired in figure eight? Uh, I'd say my arms first, more specifically kind of like my shoulders and my chest, just because my bad habit when I'm really practicing, when I'm trying to push my level is I tense up on the handlebars. Yeah. Yeah. And on the flat track, I'm so focused on getting my weight on the outside peg that I'm almost doing like a squat. Yeah. Um, I, I might. So it's like, it's the inside leg that hurts. Cause I'm always, mm-hmm. cause you're always like, you're hovering, you're it's hovering all the time. Yeah. Yeah. My inside leg hurts, but then my outside leg will hurt too. Like my outside knee today was actually, cause I was playing around with different foot positions today. That was the thing I was really working on. And I was actually, my outside knee was starting to give me some, uh, some, it didn't like the angle I was pushing down on the foot outside peg. Yeah, interesting. Hey, uh, anybody notice my Tech Talk Taco Tuesday t-shirt? The one from Jerry Bernardo? This is from Jerry Bernardo. So we're I think we're going with gray because we have white ones. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be limited edition collector items. Mark Daniels. Mucho Grande. And uh, if it gets in the mail, because the post office here is so sketchy. This black one is just for me. So we're going to go in between. We're going to go gray, I think. Perfect. We're going to go with the gray one. So in the next couple of shows, we're going to finalize something. We're going to get some samples in here. We're going to preview it. And then we're going to have like a pre-order thing. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to make millions 
being a t-shirt company. Screw all this motorcycle question answering stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right? All you have to do is you have to come here. Actually, can your girlfriend send them out when she moves to prompt? She can be a t-shirt hucker? <laughs> I don't know if she's moving to prompt. Okay. Just checking. Uh, yeah, Victor, black, black ones. This is like, once you go black, you can't come back. That's what I always say about my t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Your grinder too. <laughs> I say that on grinder. Uh, I make you say that, that on grinder. <laughs> okay. Are we ready for Rooster Endo? Hey, everybody's favorite seg- segment. This is Taco Moto sponsored. Tacomoto.co. They have everything you need for almost any bike you have. And they have cool stickers, by the way. So this is the Rooster Endo segment. And what this does is makes me happy when you send us good photos of your bike with a description. Here's the rules. Year, make, and model. Because I hate guessing. Year, make, and model. And then tell us what you did to it in your own words. And then we will talk about it a little bit. Hopefully, it provides us with some enjoyment. And whichever one gives me the most enjoyment, and maybe Matt too, we'll give you a $100 gift certificate from tacomoto.co. So Mark Daniels is back. He's no longer a Facebook user. Mark, it's mucho grande, like XL, correct? Muy grande. Muy grande. Okay. All right. So let's move into this. So Brendan Springer Davis is the first one with the 2013 KTM 500 XCW. Most modifications were installed by the previous owner. So they installed Sigas Racing hand guards with turn indicators, Sigas mirror, Polysport plastic front rotor guard, Jimmy approved, and a friend bent his on a rocky section of a trail. So we have evidence of. He has a front disc rotor. Yeah, he, his with, friend has a bent, bent has a bent front disc rotor. Oh, send me the picture. I've never seen one before. Mm-hmm. I've seen him scratched up to hell, but never bent. <laughs> okay, so let's go down to the rest. He also threw in a little story, but this is it's mods. Long. Yeah, mods. So trail rack from KTM Twins. Can't remember the brand. Promoto billet pegs and kickstand, Scott steering stabilizer, ODI Rogue lock on grips, FMF exhaust, Tusk shifter and tube bag. A chair be uh, <laughs> a Serbies. <laughs> okay, he spelled out a chair bees so swing arm guards. Well, he probably thought Logan was going to read it. Probably he go it is a bis <laughs> or or titty tail enduro engineering skid plate and radiator guards. Okay, Mark, I got you. Grande, large. Got it. Not an XL. Well, are we okay. sure he's not asking for a Starbucks order if he's saying grande? I don't know. So $29 cheap Charlie China, uh, China knockoff bars. Absolutely love this bike and agree with Jimmy. 500s are badass. Why don't you have Fast Company Flex handlebars in that thing? Okay. So if this guy wins, he has to buy some Flex handlebars. Yeah. Cheap Chinese bars. This is... Okay. This is scary. Because there's certain things that you put a lot of faith in, mm-hmm. like handlebars. Yes. And there's certain things I wouldn't buy off of. I mean, if it's just an exhaust pipe, okay, I'll buy it off of the, you know, Alibaba or whatever. <laughs> you know, but okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, this looks like a photo we might have shot today, which horrifies me. He's got a tree coming out of his handlebar. He's up above the bike. Uh, my good buddy Drew would be just shaking in his shoes. Uh, 
it looks like a nice place to ride. I'd like to ride right up that ledge in say, front of him. Yeah, yeah, just, that ledge is placed perfectly. You just do a double blip, right? Just double blip. We it. teach that in the school. I think that that ledge is just a tad a above blip my or ability. A double blip. I don't know. It just kind of yeah. depends on how you do it. Just twist the throttle but and see what happens. What type of tires does he have on it? And then what if about my Chinese handlebars are going to snap when well, I finally do do it right? The, the tires do almost look like the AT eighty ones. Okay, I'm not um, sure. The dirt looks wet. I like that. That's roosting. Has a lot of stuff on it. Um, I'm not super stoked on this one for some reason. It's not giving me good vibes. What about you, Matt? Um, I'm stoked on the background of the picture, but the tree is very oddly placed. Yeah. It's, coming out like, of that. it's like there's a lot of picture here and not a lot of bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like I like picture that shows where you're at and but, stuff. Like this is a good cover photo for Facebook, but this isn't a good profile picture. Cover photo? You mean on the top of the across yeah. the top of the slide across the top? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Well, there's it, a little bit of foreground here at the edge. A little bit of foreground right here at the very edge. No, what about if the bike were up on the ledge though? I'd put it up on the ledge. Yeah, and then yeah. shoot up at it a little bit more, and then you could catch the the scenic background with mm-hmm. some stuff but there's a part of me that wanted you to just park the bike on one of those ledges and then we just kind of be like whoa look at the picture you just kind of like fake it yeah okay um, uh this soft endo i could be talking to a roost because well, if you put it up on there if you put it up there and try to ride it off for sure he would endo so i'm gonna go with endo okay that's why it's not up there got it got it so next up is gonna be from tim skelly I know Tim. Yeah, he's been active in the chat tonight, too. Oh, because he, he's got his bike in there. Yeah. And by the way, just to prove, he cut off the front wheel on the photo, not me. Okay. Just so you know. Got like it. I'm showing it right there. Tim's bike looks like it's in pea gravel. It does. Pea gravel. All right. This is tw- 2008 KTM 300 XC. Bought it brand new in 2008 with lots of mods over the years. SX head and CDI box oval board carburetor with approximately 38 millimeters electric start kit added as this was the only year that came without, but was able to be added pro circuit pipe of uh, pro circuit platinum pipe with shorty silencer engine completely rebuilt approximately hundred hours ago. Total hours is around 700 Scott stabilizer, BRP triple clamps, psychery handguards mounted to triple clamps with threaded inserts in the bars, Baja design squadron headlight, XCW tail light, IMS 3.8 gallon tank with the BRP billet gas cap, KTM KTM radiator guards, Samco silicone hoses with Evans coolant, TM design work skid plate, Scott shark fin, BDP front disc guard. It's plenty scratched up, so it's done something for me, Jimmy. (laughs) Iron Man rear sprocket. Are we on on disc guard alert tonight? I I guess so. I guess so. And like no sharp objects objects (laughs) around me. uh, TMD. Uh, chain guide with bulletproof design swing arm guard seat concepts tall seat with pseudo cover or suede cover suspension tuned by inside line moto grip warmers tubeless front and rear giant loop mojave saddlebags the old dog rips love the show guys keep up the good work okay so matt i want you to take a good close look at this bike does it remind you of anything Uh, reminds me a lot of my Hoosberg. Exactly. Because this is my Hoosberg, essentially. That's, that's your Hoosberg, except it's the KTM version of the Hoosberg. Yeah. Uh, and 
it was funny because this is right before they figured out how to make the PDS work. So mm-hmm. that's when the shock is mounted right to the backbone of the frame. Yeah. And then and I remember because we did a big test where the was yours 2008 or 2009? Wait, my Hoosberg? Yeah. Mine's a 12. It was a 12. Yeah. So it came and with it was, the electric but it was start. Still, it was still with this frame. Yes. So KTM figured out that they could isolate that frame. So this bike is one generation back. So like, like when Brenda's bike is 20 generations back, this mm-hmm. is like one back from the, you know, it's actually probably three two, or four. I was going to say, isn't it two or three? Yeah, it has a lot, but uh, they, he's done a lot of cool stuff to that bike. And I know inside Light moto, which is his, he works, he works there. It's his, uh, him and his buddy run this place. They own this place. They know how to keep things running. And this is a perfect example of that. I'm sure this bike works pretty darn good because mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, experience and and uh, kind of tuning it. Other than the discard, which is like, you know, I'm, I'm literally glad there's no sharp objects near me right now. Like I'm trying to stab myself. I think this bike roosts. It's a hard roost only because you see your Husaberg in this. Well, okay. There's two reasons now, but 700 hours on the bike and still keeping it looking that clean. Yeah. It looks scary. That that is awesome. That this Tim loves this bike, takes good care of it. Unlike I did in my Husaberg. It it might be for sale. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Is it, is it going for sale tomorrow? Maybe. (laughs) Who knows? But this, this, this thing's awesome. This this one's roosts. I, I love hearing when bikes have a lot of hours and they look this good. Yeah, I, I think it roosts. I'm liking it. All right, so up next is going to be a Mike uh, Ethel. Okay. How did this segment ever take off like this? I just said we should copy Top Gear, and so, you said yeah. <laughs> does Top Gear let readers submit their cars? No. Well, then why are we copying Top Gear? We're at we're this made is, this our is own. copying this is copying Dirt Wheels magazine. Oh. It was Dirt Wheels magazine that used to have like reader rides. Mm. This is where we came up with this whole thing. So I thought yeah, Dirt Rider also here. had something like this. No, we didn't do this. Oh, we should have. Okay. It was a big hit. It, it's yeah. a big hit. I'm I'm I, I enjoy it. I, I really do. I mean, I like to see what other people are riding. I like to see how they explain stuff. I um I'm, I'm genuinely I I learn every time something about these different bikes. Right. I liked it when we printed them out and put them on a board, but we don't have a little young child labor to do this stuff anymore. No, no. Well, Actually text Logan, get him to call in. I got some <laughs> questions for him. So, okay. Read it off. All right. So Mike Ethel. 20- oh, wait, hold on. Hold the presses. Tim Skelly says possibly for sale soon because I want a TBI 300 XCW and 24. Oh, you've been hearing the rumors. Mm-hmm. I already have two buddies that have dibs on it when I'm ready to sell. Oh, okay. So it's not really for sale. Hey, but Tim, let let me tell you, I have some KTM 525s that I'm looking to off. So if you know anybody who wants those, they're super good motorcycles that run, but they don't look very nice. Okay. Keep going. Okay. 2022 500 EXEF, D-Smog Fuel Torque ECU Remap, a T-NIC Suspension Upgrade, OEM Exhaust Mod, Bullet, uh, sorry, billet triple clamps, uh, bark busters, P3 carbon gu- pipe guard, IMS 17 liter fuel tank, Renthal sprockets, Renthal chain, RHX, axle blocks, 
AXP bash plate, domino start stop switch, Moto 3D headlight, sticker kit, our race tech or our tech white plastic kit, rental grip donuts, a Cherby's bar bag, Kriga hull loop, cooling fan, override switch, and I think that's it. Only it looks like the th- it, it looks like the list got cut off, but I don't know if that was me or him. Uh, so that bike looks really clean. Really clean. Really clean. I'm going to assume he's not from the States if he's using 17 liter tank. Oh, a foreigner, eh? Well, uh, we do have a presence in Australia and there was a lot of brands that I didn't recognize. No, and that's actually like my favorite part about the the segment is seeing when we get the foreign submissions and it's brands I never hear about. So the cool thing is he's taken this KTM, which used to be an orange thing. And turned it into... It looks like a great white shark. That's what I, I see when I see it. Yeah, a great white shark. I mean, his yeah. graphics are clean. I Just the fact that he started, you know, it says a black frame, and then he's gone black and blue on his color. It, it's kind of like, it looks a little bit like Husky, but a little bit like Yamaha. It's just so in between. It's this, this it's transitioned mm-hmm. into a whole new thing, whatever it is. Uh, I like it. Um, it's really good. I think I think the bike looks clean. This might be my favorite looking 500 EXC we've seen. Really? Yeah, I'm going that far. Like I really like that graphics kit. But that it has my favorite color, which is this kind of like navy darkish blue on the white and then the black frame. But right. it doesn't have the weird looking husky plastics. No. Yeah, it's like when they go to husky, when the husky they look different. And then plus he's got PDS, which is the you know, like I like it. I'm one of like seven people in the whole world that like PDS. Mm-hmm. So uh, and Tim mentions that the location, location, it's shot in his yard. But his yard That's a looks hell of nice. a big yard. Yeah, his yard looks no, it's it, it is it is his yard. I mean, you know, we don't all live in some like condo complex in Las Vegas, Matt. I know, I know. Some some people are spread out over acres. Yeah, just over the like hill. my parents. I grew yeah. up over acres. Right. Yeah. I used to have a turn track in my yard. Yeah, so Roost graphics are rocking it. Mark Daniels likes this. Yeah, I like this. This is a Roost. Hey, hey Tim, uh, even though it's shot in his yard, sometimes you can overcome like the fact that he just rolled it out of his garage and shot a picture of it. But he, he gave us a complete list. His mm-hmm. photo's not bad. It's not hokey-tokey lighting. I think most of the stuff's in there. I like the bike. Not Not necessarily, you know, tight with all of our sponsors. But then again, that doesn't matter. Okay, I like it. Roost. A hard roost. Hard, hard roost. roost, yeah. Okay, so up next is going to be a Mark Allen. And now I will give Mark some credit. He submitted this photo first, and I typically go with the I typically go with the first photo you submit. He did send in a picture with this pretty bike. pretty stinking blown out. He sent a picture of this bike with is a better picture, but okay. also okay. with dirt wheels. Like so that bike has reams on it. Like it's mm-hmm. got some rims, some hot spots. Yeah. Like the reams are pretty hot. <laughs> if you're into rims, it's got some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the, the, the tire disappears too, but let me see here. Pro taper, cycle flat, uh, pro taper. Are we going to get the other photo? Oh, here, let me get the other photo for you. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't care what he did, but the numbers like, S S upside down L. I think it's supposed to be 57. (laughs) That's just not, Mm. it's not happening. 
Matt's over there feverishly clicking buttons while I'm looking for another beer. <laughs> Actually, I'll just have another tequila. Here we go. It's that time of night. So, uh, oh, is Mark in the chat? He is. And he's, he's defending himself. Wow. So I think uh, in the chat, you and Tim, Tim and Mark, you guys need to have it out with each other to figure out which one of you guys survives. It's Survivor of the Chat. Okay. Oh, the bike's outside here. There we go. Yeah. Orange. Orange. Uh, he's got a lot of orange. I like the fact that it turns into a dirt bike. That really helps me out with, mm -hmm. you know, my state of being. We didn't get a year maker model, though. Hey, uh, <laughs> Mark's on break at work, by the way. <laughs> uh, he wins because he's a rebel. <laughs> okay. So, let's see. Well, Mark, you better put in the year make and model oh, quickly. Oh, he, he left the year make and model Just out. the mods. Just the mods. So, I'll read off the Hold mods. Hold on. Let, wait me, for let, that. Me, let me go for year make and model. Uh, zoom in on that thing. Bring that in a little closer. Oh, boy. I have to look at the tank and the shrouds and stuff like that. 2016 KTM 500 EXE. 2015 500 EXE. Ah, how close was that? That was pretty good. You're close. You're close. Yeah, not bad. Uh, the okay. front fender would have made me some, said something newer, but... Okay, so Pro Taper, Psycho... Pro Taper... Just says Pro Taper. Uh, Psycho Flags... Bulletproof, uh, bulletproof designs. Uh, you know, Pro Taper makes covers. a lot of things. They make sprockets. Um. Oh, this explains the and the handlebars. Yeah, but but they make some other Polysport restyle kit. That okay. explains why the front fender would throw me off. Okay, LED headlight. Uh, SK SKDA. Uh, graphics Skida. I don't know how to pronounce that company. FMF Q4, FMF Mega Bomb. Are you channeling your inner Logan? Logan, yeah, yeah. good. Shocks on suspension, Warp Nine Elites, uh, Metzler K1, Fresh Top End, IMS two, a uh, three point two, Taco ninety degrees, Agulin filter, Attack Frame Guards, Boyson Cover slash Supercooler. Uh, let's see. He added a couple other things here. Um, this bike was blown oh. up for two years in a chicken coop before he had purchased it. So he rebuilt this bike. How did you get this message? Like in a in a in a grinder chat or something? No, the F, the F E E X E group. How, how many? I, po I post there too. Whenever and, we need. And how many? Submissions. How many posts did he make to get you the information on this? Uh. The initial post was pretty much all the stuff. Uh, the second post, he had a picture of this bike. We'll say over the spanned over three posts. Three posts. Yeah. So that's like three submissions. <laughs> he, he's overdoing it. Let's see. But he's in the chat, and he's he's re-explaining a lot of his parts. And uh, <laughs> oh boy, uh, and Tim and Mark are going at it <laughs> in the chat trying yeah, to. Yeah. If I didn't see the first photo, I would go roost. I don't. I don't know why. I, I have, but but I have a counterpoint. The fact that this bike like lurks in the backgrounds in the darkness as a supermoto bike, it, it kind of scares me. I think he bought it as a supermoto bike and then fixed it up. Oh, he did. I think you think this could be wrong. He could have explained it in his story. Well, about, this could be wrong. His bike. He found I, it in a chick. So, so that bike was hanging out as a super motorbike in a chicken coop. And then when it came out in public, it dresses like a dirt bike. It is a dirt bike now. Yes. But what do you think it does when he puts it back in the chicken coop? 
Well, I don't know. He bought it from the chicken coop, so I don't know if he's actually storing it in a chicken Okay, coop. so when he takes it back and he puts it in the garage, what do you think the bike does? Does it get supermoto wheels back on it, or mm. does it does it stay as a dirt bike? I don't think so. These are the kind of questions that we need to know. <laughs> uh, he's, 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 he's searching for extra credit here. <laughs> no. I run the white sumo elites on my Husky, too. Oh, so he's a, is he submitted more than one bike. No. No, just yeah, this that. one. Okay. Got it. Uh, I'm going to go with the bike that's outside is a roost. The bike in the chicken coop is an endo. So he's he's bordering between those two things. This bike roosts for me because these look like Duct electrical tape. tape. Electrical tape number numbers. Numbers. And it's, those always do, do. It's S upside down L. Yep. Yeah. It's you got you got to embrace when you have to use electrical tape. Just embrace it. You okay. should embrace it when you have to wrap wires with electrical tape. <laughs> okay. So this last one is going to be Tyler Wallace. Pretty sure. Okay. Let me count my. Yes, that should be it. Okay. It's supposed to be more professional this, Matt. Well, I threw off my count. Did we do four or five bikes? So is this the fifth or the fourth bike? Well, it's got a rainbow in it. Okay. Okay, don't be and too a, don't be a, too offended by the rainbow. And a discard that's don't like, be a snowflake about the rainbow. Okay, Tyler Wallace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, I, no, it's a real freaking rainbow. That's yeah. a genuine. That's not saying anything about anything else. So just yeah. lay off there. That but that discard <laughs> is flaunting. Oh, it's it's, it's blown out too. It's not only blown out; it's in my face. It's, it's and I, I'm imagining. You see, the rainbow has the arc that's going across there. Yeah. And the the discard is the anti arc. Like I want to look at the rainbow, like it's a cool photo, but then it's just blown out. You can't even look at it. So yeah. if you're if you're wondering what's going on here, we have a picture of what's what's his what's the name again? This is Tyler Wallace. Tyler Wallace. That looks that looks really close to here, doesn't it? That looks. That like, looks like where we just like rode the today. Valley. Yeah, yeah. That li- literally looks like. Except our photos look like crap because the sun was up straight over our head. Yeah. Well, he's, he's th- got this some is angle to it. I mean, the fact that he took that in the afternoon, he's getting that rainbow and that light on that thing, and his kickstand's like punji sticking into the ground. And the bike's leaning over too far, and like I would cringe if I saw somebody setting up to shoot that photo right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd almost think I was an art director, but I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the real 100% straight rainbow in the background is dang good shot though. Yeah, it's a it's a straight it's a ass solid shot. That's a solid shot. Like the timing on that? It's just is pure yeah. luck. That that eh. You know, sometimes you just got to be a lucky duck. Yeah, just Right. The the rear desk rotor. It's not that it's the rear desk rotor. It's that it's, it's you glaring at you us. You can't see this in the chat, but like, Matt's like, little mouse finger is just squirreling over. I mean, I mean, it's so bright in this photo that search and rescue would probably fland in front of you thinking, Oh, yeah. did you just, <laughs> did you just crash? Asher oh Tiro, Asher Lito says the picture kind of sucks, but the rainbow is pretty sick. It is pretty sick. Yeah. What about the bike? Let's hear about it, Matt. Like we've got 2020 Husqvarna FX 450. Okay. He, he just did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. You're making model. You're making model. Thank you. Yeah. I don't have to guess. Six speed conversion. KYB SSS conversion. 
uh, full system FMF, GPR stabilizer, IMS tank with dry brake, flex bars, disc brake, protection, enduro engineering, moose bibs. Sure, he's forgetting a lot. He says he's sure he's forgetting a lot? Like the skid plate. Enduro engineering. No, disc brake oh. protection is from enduro engineering. Zoom in on that skid plate. I haven't seen it. Looks it looks custom made. I haven't seen a, a new enduro engineering skid plate lately. That thing is. That looks pretty burly. Look at that. Thing. That looks, yeah. Yeah, it looks like it has extra protection on it. Yeah, it does. What tire is he running? Is that an AT81 on the back? No. Or is that, it a Kenda Parker? That or no, Kenda Equilibrium. That looks like an Equilibrium to me. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I can't see his front tire because that disc, that there's so much glare off I the should, front I, discard. Yeah, that's not, that's not glare. That's, such... that's flare. Wait, uh, let's see the tire. Like, I think there's a logo on the bottom down. No, it wasn't. It was I, just I, flare. I, I'm just being blinded by this. <laughs> I'm just being blinded. Oh, oh boy. my Lord. Uh, you know what? I'm just going. <laughs> it, 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 it endos for me because when I'm taking a picture, I look to see if there's anything like this and oh, then I'll I ju- kind of move around. I'll judge you. I'll judge you for every photo that you shot today yeah. because you just said that. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'm going with I, hey, roost. I, I lucked just, out. I had a just on, the, just on the lucky duck. And the fact that if you wanted to, if you wanted to lose this contest, you would send me a picture of a front disc rotor yeah. that just, it was shoved in my face. And this guy just shoved this disc rotor in my face in front of a rainbow and said, F you, Jimmy and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is, I'm doing it my way. Right. Yeah. Okay. So is that it? That is it. That is all. That one wins. It wins for you. Yeah. 100%. It 100% wins just because he had the balls to do that. Even if, even if he didn't know, that just means he was triple lucky on that whole thing. I mean, in, in the rainbow, catching it in the arc of the rainbow is a pretty sick yeah. idea. Uh, I disagree. That That is, glare, is a glaring issue for me. I can't get over it. Like, it's a glaring issue, but it's it, literally glaring. It glares to win. Yeah. Yeah. For me, my, my, my pick was Mike uh, Ethel. Just because. I, I, yeah. I like Mike's bike. It's all yeah. good. That's not, nothing. It's pretty standard. And I'm going to go with Tim on that. He just shot it in his backyard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tim's bike is really nice. I know it reminds you of Husaberg, but like, if you want to just shove it down my throat, uh, what's his name? Tyler. Tyler just did. And he just like <laughs> that was so good. That was so. He, that, he, he did the equivalent of putting like uh, I don't know how to say this in a less in a more elegant way, but okay. he just essentially put his balls on his handlebars and just roved in for like the win. That's, that's true. What he just yeah, did. yeah, yeah. With it, with it, but he put his balls on his front discard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or his focus point on his front discard and yeah. blew it out. So yeah, Tyler, you win. Good job, Tyler Wallace. Go ahead and reach out to me, Matt Jimmy Lewis Off Road. You never know what we're going to pick here on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, even when it's the one. <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's it's all good times. I will say it's not the the worst photo that was submitted today. Hey, though. Mark, I'm disqualifying your opinion, but I will send your T-shirt out large. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, hey, uh, I think that's it. Do we have any other questions? Anything I think that's all we got going. That's all we got going. Hey, but somebody said something about CRF 450S X versus 
RX versus KX450X. Oh yeah, that was a interesting little comment there. Neither so Thorn Stormcaller had put in neither because they aren't two strokes. They summed it up for there. They just summed it up for you. Well, he's saying which one's better. I mean, that's the question we're asking those two. Yeah. How do they compare? And he says neither because they aren't two strokes. There, he summed it up for you. Well, Thorin Jing Stormcaller. I'm sure that's his real name, Stormcaller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a Viking. Yeah, he's probably a Viking. And Vikings should ride two strokes. If you don't have a KTM 550 MXC, you're a pussy. <laughs> Just like this. <laughs> throw that straight out. What about uh, our KLX? KLR six fifty review. Uh stock tire what are the stock tires on those uh six KLR six fifties? Are you they know, the same ones from like years ago? So our our bike came with the uh, Dunlop D six oh sixes, which are great tires, by the way, mm-hmm. for that KLR six fifty. I don't know what comes on at stock because our bike did not come stock because we're dirt bike tests and they know we're not gonna ride it on the street that much. Their 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 stock selection is probably better for the street. Mm-hmm. The amazing thing, and this is something I'm I just would like to just lay out there is that the manufacturer has a really complete spec sheet on their website that tells you all this information. So don't ask me what they put on their motorcycle. That's not my job. Mm -hmm. You should go to their website and ask them because it's there already. And I can't memorize every tire on every bike, but I know what our bike came with because I know what I was riding. Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of people actually liked those tires because how cheap they were. The which ones? The, the KLR stock, stock ones. What they're, they're, they? like a, they're like a 50-50. It wasn't. They're, so they're not knobbies. So Kenda makes Kenda makes a, a Trackmaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if those tires came on some of those bikes, but there was also a Ching Shin mm-hmm. uh, tire that came on some of those bikes. Okay. Well, let's move on to all-wheel drive adventure. We're still getting comments on this video from the all-wheel drive adventure bike. So Paul Mechanic was asking, uh, is this applicable to Honda CRF uh, or a 1100L Africa Twin or a Yamaha T7? So the, the all-wheel drive concept can work on any bike. And the funny thing is the front end is a kind of a standard thing. Christine makes a triple clamp and, and all the parts that go on to this, but it's getting the power from the countershaft sprocket up to that point into the headset is the difficult thing. So it's not applicable. It Could it work? Yes. If there was ever a technology that I think that we've missed out on or overlooked is all-wheel drive adventure bikes. And I'm not talking full-time all-wheel drive. I'm talking about just like your four-wheel drive truck, you use it when you need it. And it's amazing. Like you can get unstuck and it can get you out of tricky situations. If you're driving on certain type of traction situations, just like in four-wheel drive, it's a lot better being in a four-wheel drive or all-wheel drive situation. The same goes for motorcycles and especially on adventure bikes. I'm really, really disappointed that that technology did not ever get adopted or take off. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the, f- the interesting thing is it, I'm sure it would cost manufacturers a certain amount of money, but if it were rolled into a large scale production or we'll call it medium scale production, it would have taken off and it would have been game changing. I've ridden one and I've ridden a lot of bikes and it just makes, especially adventure bikes. I, I like them on, on regular bikes. I, I enjoy riding my Christini regular dirt bike. I don't need it but I enjoy riding because it does certain things better. 
Adventure mm-hmm. bikes, game changing, period. Next question. All right. So Ben was saying on the beta 200 review that spooge is not oil. It's just too much fuel. Jet it correctly like I did. And that goes away. JD jetting is the path that they went or he went. Okay. He's talking about it. So we had a little spooge. He probably didn't ride on the super gnarly technical pipe trails that I did for long periods of time mm-hmm. where I was never able to open it up. Are we getting another one of those anytime soon? Uh, Rodney Smith called up and want to know what kind of beta we're looking for to test next, but I, we've already done the 200 mm-hmm. and I don't think it's changed much since we're probably going to go with something a little bit more four stroke. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we, I didn't, I, I didn't want to change the jetting because we were out here running it like wide open, like high speed stuff, but then also doing gnarly trails back mm-hmm. and forth and back and forth. And I think the spooge actually came from when we were up, up in the mountains you know, it's six, seven, 8,000 feet. And there's no way I'm going to change. And this is the problem with jetting and carburetors. It's like, you have to change it. If I wanted to run perfect down here in the sand tracks and stuff that we ride or a high speed desert mm-hmm. and then go up 4,000, 5,000 feet and I'm going to suffer at one place or the other, I'd rather suffer at the high altitude mm-hmm. with a little bit rich than suffer down here with the bike being too lean and having a problem. Rich is better than lean. And guess what? I didn't foul a spark plug. So with that, Chris Smith. If you have a choice, would like to see a test on the Beta 480 Race Edition. Uh, Chris, that's the one that keeps popping up. So uh, I I would like to try that one as well. So maybe you're going to get lucky. So uh, what's a question right above that? Do you think Kawasaki will bring back the KLX 650 since since they updated the KLR, or is this just wishful thinking? Such wishful thinking. Thinking <laughs> the K the the KLX was a totally different bike. It was supposed to compete with XR 650, and in some ways, it actually might have been better. It was a good bike, mm-hmm. but it it didn't. The KLR is a just a street touring dual sport adventure thing and they're they're they don't even they're not even the same in the same atmosphere mm-hmm. at that point so no kawasaki's not going to bring that thing back all right brendan springer davis asks what's the deal with dot tires will number tires handle the pavement as long as you have some decent throttle control so brendan i'll tell you with 100 percent certainty that dot tires the stamp on the side of the tire has nothing to do with the tread that you're seeing and how how they work on pavement. It's a it's a certification and I don't even know the specifics of it, but I run Kenda Parker DTs and Kenda Equilibriums on my bikes all the time that I'm riding on the street. And I ride them at 70 miles an hour when we're just on open roads, highways, whatever, just cruising along. And then I run them around town and whatever. I have no problem running. It's funny because I ran in a few years ago. I ran into some kids that were riding up on the on the side of the road. They were doing. They were just hauling ass down the side of the road. I'm like, dude, quit making dust. People don't like this. Just ride on the pavement. And like, it's gonna wear my tires out. I'm like, you're an idiot. Ride a little slower. You you can ride for hundreds of miles. And you're not going to wear your knobs out riding on the pavement if you're not spinning the tire, being aggressive with it. So 
take that for what it's worth. The DOT, like DOT quote knobbies work just fine for getting you from point A to point B. They're not going to be a performance tire on road, but they're not going to like wear out certain ones. If you run them at high speed for long periods of time can shed knobs, but a decent tire doesn't do this. So okay, that's it. Well, that's pretty much it for the sheet. So, okay. We've answered all your questions. We've had a successful night here on tech talk taco Tuesday. Had some calls on the hot seat hotline. Hot seat hotline was going off tonight. I had a good day. I rode motorcycles and then I rode motorcycles. Mm -hmm. And then once more, I did a show. And uh, I'm happy that everybody's joining in. Thank you for joining in. Tell a friend. Share. Click through our links. And Matt's about ready to fall asleep. But with that, we will see you out in the trail. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. See ya.